Happy Halloween, boomers. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris, that's too scary. Oh, oh you got to warn me next time. <laughs> Welcome once again to your fortnightly online guide to the Sega Sational world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic, with a very Halloween-tastic issue number 64. We, as ever, are your humans who think we're in charge. My name is Creepy Chris McFeely. And my name is Grave... Gulma. Oh, that's so much better than what I did. Uh, uh, Crypt McFearly. <laughs> ah, there you go. I was just going to say Demon Dave Boomer. I see, I'm, 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 I'm approaching it more from like the old silly Marvel comics, uh, Smile and Stan mm. and Jack mm-hmm. King Kirby approach. <laughs> yeah. Going for that alliteration. Grave yeah. Goomer. That's brilliant. I don't have a I don't have a name that lends itself well to that. Trouble is, I'm already Demon Tomato Dave, so it's weird to say Demon. Dave, oh, true. Never know. thought before we got married and Abby was Abigail Ryder. I came up with the best Halloween name for her, which was Abigail Spider. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> I've never heard a better <laughs> Halloween Twitter name than that one. So, this Halloween special then, issue sixty-four. Well, there's a tiny free gift on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a free mask, and because it has to be the size of a child's face, it has to cover up literally the whole cover. I mean, the only bit it isn't is the logo and the barcode, and you get the sense that that's because they had to. And the moon in the top right corner, which says a frightfully free mask. Not a free, frightful mask, you understand, no, because frightfully the mask free. is just Sonic. So the, it's yep. frightfully free. I mean, he's got a little bit of a cross face. When is he not? <laughs> And so, making this, this is, for the very first time, removing the free gift to reveal the art underneath is actually the canonical way to see this cover-up. Well, there's been a few cases of that, remember, whenever you lifted the tattoos to reveal that that brown hedgehog wasn't Sonic, but secretly his twin brother, because there's Sonic hiding underneath. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or Tails teams up with, and you lifted the tattoos to discover it was Knuckles. That's true, but if you don't have the free gift, you've still got a picture of Tails and Knuckles. That's true, the covers function, yes. I assume you've got the mask, because whoever I do, I do. We both still have the mask on our copies. Now, as often stated, this is not my original copy. I'm sure I removed and cut out the mask from my original copy. I don't know why, because just before we talk about the cover, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's complete rubbish. It's a head-on shot of Sonic. It looks like a Carl Flint piece. There's no credit for it anywhere. But uh, it's... It's rubbish. It's one of those rubbish not, flat yeah. cardboard masks. You know the type. We'd... Right. Whatever you might be imagining, listeners, make it a bit worse because... <laughs> no, but what they're probably imagining is like, oh, you know, like a mask of salt, like a plastic mask. No, no, it's a drawing on cardboard, but it isn't even cut out. It's just a square. you got to cut it out. It's got a, a bright yellow background. I mean, I suppose this is technically a good thing, but there's no dotted line or anything. You literally just have to cut it out. Yeah, there's not even a dotted line. You're right, yeah. They just arbitrarily printed it on a massive square of card instead of just not doing that. Well, I that's not arbitrary. Do you know okay. how much cheaper it was to just print this on a piece of uh, card okay. than have okay, some kind of mechanical enough. cutout process? Fair enough, yeah. And it does make it easier to affix. To be fair to it, it is bespoke. And I will all, I'll always yeah. respect a bespoke free yes. gift. And it is that. Yes, yeah. But that does you know mean what? it's Actually, cheaper to print. I've suddenly had a complete turnaround in my opinion because Halloween in the 90s when you're a kid is about cheap tat. It's got to be cheap or it isn't good. If you met someone who had like a, you know, 
stage-ready Halloween costume. Uninteresting. If you see someone who's got one thrown together by their mum five minutes ago, now that's interesting. See the photo zone from a couple of issues ago. Exactly. You know, I, I, I want crap plastic vampire teeth. Nobody <laughs> wants those. I want stickers. I want this. I want a stupid mask. And apparently I don't. But because you didn't I never want it that much. It's still on your comic. <laughs> never removed it. And I'm not reading. There's no diary to read this time. But I have read it just in case. And it's like, I am at the height of being a child. It's not that I've grown out of this. That's the reason it's still on the, on the cover. It's that I don't want it. <laughs> but as you say, interactive feature. For when you flip over the sheet of card yes. upon which the mask is printed, <gasps> boo! It's Dr. Robotnik and he's tearing the mask in two to reveal his hideous visage beneath. Exactly. So it's canon that you start off by seeing that mask and then you see what's under it. And it is that it's a surprise. It was Robotnik wearing the mask. Now he's cut the mask out really nicely. Yeah, very good job with them big fat fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and it also says inside we can win creepy towers and creepy cans we'll come oh, back good. to that later <laughs> and there's a bat brain badnik pinup so they're really just listing the halloween features there's no obviously they're pushed yeah. for space due to the mask and everything so there's no mention of the strips inside or anything just telling us the halloween no. features for the issue yep and the last affectation is that there is now a pumpkin behind the oh pot. yes there is and it's in uh, it's in orange and such orange and black up there in the corner yes in the pog design where it says the around the outside around yes yeah is that we've had that before haven't we uh, i i think we? that is the no you know what i'm not have sure we? it was something else we were describing as being like a pog now that i think about it well, no, no. no oh i know we've had a sort of a marvel style ticket down the side with a circle in it this one is a little one embedded in the yes. corner of the logo it took me a minute to find it because i suppose it's got to be because the whole rest of the cover is covered you need to have the price visible mm. yeah there you go there you go yeah exactly what a lot of concessions yeah. for putting a <laughs> tremendous load amount, of rubbish yes. on the cover. Do you know what I'm looking at, actually? I think they have literally torn a mask in half and put it over a picture of Robotnik there. Uh, possibly. It's very convincing, if not. It's incredibly realistic, if not. Control Zone! On the Control Zone, Megadroid has donned his robe and wizard hat. <laughs> 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 it's that sort of comic now. <laughs> yes, they've they've uh, they've. Uh, uh, I, I I automatically use the word Photoshop. You know, they put a little hat. Yes, on the whatever they did. Part, a little a little rubbish wizard hat, ending mm -hmm. with a little crescent moon up on the top, decorated on the point, in green yeah. and yellow stars. Yeah, quite. It's quite a good little. You don't normally see that color scheme, do you? A black hat with sort of glow in the dark stars. Well, black, orange, and green—the Halloween colors, isn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He does actually call it a spooky surprise cover as well, so we're definitely reading that correctly, <laughs> that we are supposed to flip the mask and get boo, and it's like, made me shiver, he says. Oh, I've been scared twice already this episode. <laughs> well, we can pause the recording if you need time to recover. <laughs> Free Sonic Mask guaranteed to scare off badniks within a 10-mile range. Yeah, we're back now, boomers. <laughs> A gruesome graphic zone featuring your scary sketches and a cool new mm. compo. Speaking of which, 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 yeah, he describes the uh, he describes the compo here, but we will save it until we get to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a bat brain badnik pinup in the center as well. So yeah, important note. Mm. Like mm. the last two Halloween issues, we've had two Halloween issues. This is ninety five. So. Yeah, so we've had a ninety three yeah. and a ninety four. Mm -hmm. None of which featured any Halloween-themed stories. No. 
No. This one doesn't either. No, it's a shame. I'd welcome that. Uh, yeah, and I think there will be some in the future. But it's a bit Gary Was named Sonic's World to have a Halloween episode, but I want that. <laughs> well, the comic has sort of evolved into a point now with the addition of pinups and the graphic zone as regular features. Regular features, regular features. Where they can pad out the notion of it being special mm. not just for halloween yes. but for easter and for other things as well yeah when the stories don't be seasonally themed they can do yeah. more than just well literally putting a hat on megadroid <laughs> they can give us a graphic zone of scary pictures which they did they did that last time didn't they they did a halloween graphic zone oh, last sure. year but it was back when the graphic zone was still just a single page yes i'm sure that's when yeah. we had a bat and stuff and we have like a bat themed pinup and stuff now so uh, i like that uh, i mean i still mourn the loss of the things that these have taken the place of but uh, mm. but uh it does help to this is a year when the christmas issue won't have any christmas content and it strips so wow so it's <laughs> nice that these things are here to pick up the slack yeah but th th there is something also very special and magical and and evil about this issue which as megadroid tells us is that every letter on the speed oh. lines page this issue oh. has come in by email yes the devil's tool yeah e dashville womp womp <laughs> yeah i'm very excited a fully email episode and megadroid also says there's going to be a free gift next issue but we're not going to tell you what it is just yet yeah we've learned our lesson <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a little bit about the mask. Sonic the mask. Sonic the mask. They can't help. Sonic themselves. the mask. We're back to the Sonic those. Yeah. Follow STC's step-by-step -step instruction on how to put together Sonic the mask. One, make use of an adult Hume. And I was starting to bristle, like, oh come on, this was meant. This used to be for slightly older kids. And it's ask for a pair of scissors and carefully. Oh, okay, we're allowed to cut it out ourselves, so that's all right then. Cut round the black outline of Sonic's head. I might have still asked. I, I don't imagine I did. I, I imagine I did cut it out myself. But mm -hmm. your mum was just better at cutting things out. But at this stage, I am so fussy that I remember being good at cutting stuff Fair out enough. at this stage. I had I had deliberately opted my cutting out skills, and the height, the absolute pinnacle of my cutting out skills, has to have been the day that me and my friend... This is before STC, when we were at primary school, and we were into Mario, right? He'd got his NES fairly recently. And we got one of those stickers that's about yay big. How do, how do I describe yay size? The size of a sticker. <laughs> sticker size. The, the size, size of a sticker, yeah. The size of a large blank sticker that you might put on an envelope, right? Our teacher had a roll of those. We cut one out, stole it, and drew on it tiny, tiny little Mario, Goomba, Koopa Trooper, Starman, Mushroom, anything little tiny, tiny, so tiny you could hardly even see them. And we got the sharpest scissors in the whole school and we cut them so carefully that we had these tiny little Mario stickers that were so small that we stuck them on the wall behind the teacher's desk and she didn't <laughs> notice. The tiniest stickers known to man. The smallest stickers. And so from that moment on, I was all about that. I had a, there was a, Oh, where? This used to be in my Sonic box. I don't know where it is now, but I cut out the screenshots from a page advert for Zool 2 in an Amiga magazine. And in it, you had screenshots with Zool and Zoos in. And I cut them out, so I had these tiny little Zools that I could put around Jeez. the room and then go, 
That was very small. Too small, really. Too... What was I cutting those out with? I must have had a scalpel I or something. I was going to say... Well, you know, okay, right. Now, that, now that you mentioned scalpels, that does yeah. take us to point two of the cutout Right, exactly. Were you going to get mad about this as well? Yes, Excellent. Brilliant. Perfect. <laughs> Step two. Cut out the two white perforated circles of Sonic's eyes. Impossible. So just to be clear, what that is, is the mask has, within Sonic's pupils, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are dotted lines two and there's an oval in each and you cut them out to make eye holes it's as if the pupils had pupils yes i don't know why they've not just said cut his pupils out and use them as eye holes they're too big it would look weird i guess yeah that was always the worst yeah trying to do that it was impossible i'd struggle now to get those eye holes cut out especially with like you know household scissors if you had a scalpel you'd be laughing stanley now i would yeah if I wanted to do that today, I would borrow Abby's scalpel that she uses for cutting the screws off Gundams. I mean, I could see <laughs> sort of taking one blade of the scissor and working it through. Oh, yeah. And making a hole and then cutting outward. Now that you bring that up, yeah. I'm sure that's how we did it. But that's not a good way to preserve the structural integrity of your mask. Well, yeah, I'm remembering now. We did, yeah, we had one pair of very pointy scissors mm. that I think were for D- hair. You, I, that's a good point. Gotta have pointy. You gotta have pointy scissors, otherwise you simply can't do it. Kids' scissors can't do it. If it's just one of those child safety scissors with the rounded edges, forget it. You're not getting those eyes out. No, no good. You need pointy scissors. You need to poke it through while, and preferably with more than one person, holding the whole of the rest of the mask really taut. And then you poke it through, and then you just do tiny Tiny little little incisions. Snipper, 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 snip, until you can start maybe making them a bit bigger and and get all the... And even then... Even you're then, have cornering to do like, is a nightmare. Yeah, you've got to do it jagged first and then take and out the corners separately. Yep. God, yeah. very hard. Worthless. I hate it. And they called it perforated and it's not. It's a dotted line. There's a difference. That's the, not perforated, exactly. You make it, you make Because it says perforated, you wonder if they intended to and then went, oof, that costs a bit. I, we won't. Well, I don't. But <laughs> I think they just used the wrong word. I don't think that was ever on the table. And then they just tell you to thread. All, there are two holes on either oh, side. Oh, yeah, but then you've got... Yeah, then you've got to get something through these four little holes on the sides as well. I guess just a pin would do that. That's not so bad yet, because you can thread string through on a pin or whatever, yeah. Though I am a little puzzled by what they're telling you to do, because there's Uh two holes on either side. That's right. Thread a fairly lengthy piece of string elastic through the holes on both sides. So I'm I'm assuming you loop it through so that there's two loose ends on each side. But then it says, take the two loose ends of the string or elastic on either side of the mask and tie at the back of your... Are they literally saying to take four whole strands of string. Here's what I think they're saying, and they're still wrong. It's better than that, but they're still wrong. They think that you're going to take two pieces of string stroke elastic, thread them through the two holes, and, and if you were going to do that in a like quite a good way, you would loop it through and then tie a little knot, wouldn't you? So you'd make Obviously use... you would, but they don't say that. They don't say that. Then they say to take the two remaining loose ends and tie them behind it. Sod that! You take one big take one, one big you thread string, the two and you thread ends it through. through both ends and use the two holes to thread it through and tie a knot. So it's one piece you just And then pull you just pull head. it over your head like a big band Nonsense. so you don't have to tie anything behind your head. Tie the what loose are they threads on? behind and, your and, head. And like, here we are talking about thread stroke elastic. No, never mind that. You're going to cut a big laggy band in half. That's what you're going to do. You cut a big leggy band in half, you do the little knot thing, and you've got elastic band on it. What are they talking about? The two loose ends on either side. That sounds like there are two loose ends on both sides. Like there's four loose ends altogether. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that would be total nonsense. Well, I mean, it would be secure, but why... Well, I I guess that's how it makes it secure. 
it's I don't know. They really don't want you to tie any more knots than one. <laughs> no. And then they end enigmatically with now even Dr. Robotnik would be fooled. And then question mark in, in white. white. Yeah, in a different color. The rest from is the rest in black text. Font. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a ghost of a question mark. Ooh. <laughs> Why did they do that? <laughs> what button did they even lean on if to do it like I don't know how you would do that accidentally. I guess it's I guess <laughs> I, not even Dr. Robotnik would be fooled. Or would he? Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Like maybe the that's end? the question Yeah, mark. question mark. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> Sorry. Project Brutus, Part 2. Written by Lou Stringer, art by Richard Elson, letters by Ellie DeVille. Sonic and co. retreat from their battle with Brutus and his troops to regroup. But Brutus quickly hunts them down by tracking Sonic's heat trail with infrared scanners. Sonic collapses a building on Brutus, but even that isn't enough to stop him, and when a trooper seizes Amy, the cool blue one is finally forced to surrender. Seconds before Brutus can have them executed, however, Dr. Robotnik, furious to learn Brutus has departed on this mission without his approval, radios in and instructs him to bring the captured freedom fighters in alive. This is good. Oh, this is so this is good, dead Dave. good. I, yeah. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> mm. Like we said it all already, and I don't want I don't want to be repetitive each chapter of this, mm. but there's no illusion about this being a Lou Stringer in between the Kitchen and Elson epics fill-in story. This is yep. brilliant. Like this is yep, exciting. No, it's thrilling. There are big yeah. real sticks there's a scary body he's been invited to do this sort of story and he's switched into that mode click effortlessly snap it's, no uh, yeah what a pro this is cool this is just really cool brutus is just really cool and he kind of shouldn't be because conceptually he is just like you know another big robot the, the biggest robot but he is it he really... just is and i think part of that is elson mm -hmm. elson's rendering mm -hmm. of the character that makes him as cool as he is mm -hmm. like the idea of him having a copy of robotnik's brain patterns is also really cool mm -hmm. like there's a great well so this begins with the cliffhanger of last issue where the troopers all just open fire on them so sonic just oh just, yeah just runs out of the way you know as, yeah, as you just, might expect i didn't, didn't even notice that i didn't yeah. even spot that that was the resolution to a cliffhanger it's just like an opening action he's shot. just yeah. fast yeah grabs johnny and amy and they take cover behind a house and they say who who is this guy, you know? Um, well, hang on, hang on. We we can't skip over that Sonic shouts at them, give up, bucket bonces. <laughs> they have hats that look like buckets. <laughs> they do. Uh, uh, they hide behind this house. Johnny wants to know, who is this Brutus guy? And Sonic says, he, I've never met him before, but he sounds like Robotnik. Yeah, canon. That, yeah. Was, that was what we I wanted it to be. And it is. I did that last issue. Yeah, <laughs> and Amy, I love. There's just this little moment here, and I like this, where Amy wonders if if maybe it is Robotnik that he's got himself in some armor, and this is him mm. stepping out onto the battlefield. But Sonic's like, mm, Robotnik couldn't fit in uh, in anything <laughs> that size. And he quickly concludes, yeah, that he's been programmed to think and act like Robotnik. God, look at that. I'm, I'm getting distracted. Just look, look at that panel there where Brutus turns his infrared on, and we get the yeah. backlit shot. Yeah, it's well good. You can see his eyes lighting up pink with little white sort of speckles in, and in a minute we'll see kind of what that is to do with. And the whole panel turns that colour, and there's this sort of white lightning effect, corona effect around him. His eyes are usually yellow. Mm. I couldn't have told you that. It's like they only turn no. red now for the infrared scan, because red seems like the sort of colour that they might normally be. That anyway. they might have yeah. been. And yet, there's something 
changing colour about them. The way this panel is presented, mm. the focus on the eyes, the shimmer in the eyes, the matching background colour. And then, yes, in the next panel, you see it through his eyes as just a world of pink with these white footprints going off into the distance. It's a nice effect. I didn't remember last issue if Brutus's decision to sort of preempt the receptionic from letting Robotnik know about yeah. the Sonic sighting actually was deliberately set up to lead to anything. But no, it do- it, it is set up right here. Uh, yeah. We cut to the Metropolis Stone where it, well, see this first panel here. What do you think's going on there? Do you think that's do you think that's a moat or a field? I think the, oh, so I was gonna say field, but now you bring it up, it'd be kind of cooler if it was like grimy green water, right? Yeah, because the Metropolis Zone you wouldn't really think of having uh, yeah for context. Sorry, listeners, uh, we it's an aerial shot of the of Citadel Robotnik in the Metropolis Zone, and the Citadel is sort of surrounded here by a green area, and then the technology of the Metropolis Zone surrounds it in a circle and stretches off in the distance and i'm just wondering i wonder if it's a feel you see some of those things there in the sort of the center left they look kind of like jetties don't they you see next to that pyramid looking thing by the speech bubble oh yes i see yeah. what i mean yeah they do and most of the things that stretch out across the green area are pipe like mm. but then they would be wouldn't they because that's what that's... vehicles would go yeah. down and stuff um i don't know why why did i say murky green water Slime. It's a it's a bit of slime. Yeah. Moat of slime is what it has to be, if it's anything at all. Yeah, I, I my first thought was meadow, like you say yourself. But because that's what it looks yeah, like. But then I thought, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense, really, does it? Yeah. Why would Robotnik want that around him? A cool evil moat is mm. is better. <laughs> so uh, it's the the only thing that's throwing us off here is that a Robotnik slime moat should be pink. Pink, pink. Well, that's it. But Mega Max just in the chemical plant zone. Mm. So, you know, this is just the pollution the Citadel Robotnik generates, yes. I guess. Maybe something like that. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, no. It's Rotten Egg. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> he just tosses the shells out the window. <laughs> so Robotnik orders the receptionic to get Commander Brutus for him. And the receptionic says, Ah, uh, Commander Brutus is already on a mission, sir. I gave no orders. Well, is he? And uh, he he demands to be put in contact with him. So that takes us uh, back to where Brutus catches up with the heroes. Now, this is, this is a moment, right? And I think it's illustrative of how this... Right, so what Sonic does to Brutus when they have this fight is... He does mm-hmm. an old Tasmanian devil spin on him. He does the yeah. the probably the, one of the single most cartoonish possible ways you can take anything out. He spins around <laughs> him real fast, grabs his cloak, and then yeah. pulls him like spinning a top, top and thing. sends him yeah. spinning off. And he crashes into uh, one of the cutesy little cottages of the Pleasant Zone. You know, Sonic's like, so much for that guy. That is in- notionally... Goofy and non-threatening. It's the it's the old He-Man can only uh, pick up his enemies and throw them away type thing. We can't ever yeah. actually hit them with the sword or punch them or anything. <laughs> and yet, you know what I'm saying, right? And mm. yet, it's still somehow fine because it's a super speed move, like Sonic would do. It's a anyway. speed move, yeah. It's something Sonic. It's within his skill set, and of course, again, Richard Elson is here. So when he draws him crashing through a wall, it's not. You don't hear a comedy ten-pin bowling noise. Mm. It's like he's demolishing a building. And then... And then... There was this amazing, amazing panel of him, like, rising to his feet again, fists up, almost smashing, but not quite in silhouette. Smashing, smashing all the debris out. out of the way. Smoke everywhere. 
bricks everywhere. Don't count me out, spike ball! The shine of his eyes and his skull teeth and his head spikes coming through a silhouette. His cape whipping about. It's amazing. There was a moment I was reading this and I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is a great strip. Yes, Brutus is cool. Then this happened and I just, I couldn't stop the corners of my mouth from just rising. Like, it's so cool. Don't count me out, spike ball. And it makes you wonder, like, Brutus, right? Okay, maybe I'm going too deep on this. I'm going too deep on this and I'm about to. Does Brutus remember being Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Kinterbor? Does he have the continuity? Does this guy think, in his own being, in himself, does he think he's Dr. Robotnik, who now has an amazing new body? No. He knows he isn't, but do you know what I mean by that? Is that his identity? Given that they have described him as having his thoughts and actions, but never his memories. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. think he has his memories. But you never know. Like... This is just the first in a line of Brutus stories, and I don't know Mm, if any of the future stories will trade on Brutus possessing knowledge that Robotnik would have. Nothing so far has happened that would imply... I only say it because spikeball is such a Robotnik word to say that it feels like Mm. Robotnik rising, and you know? That is 100% purposeful as well. He said spikeball last issue, and he says that because that's something Robotnik says, definitely. I'll tell you something else that he has that Robotnik doesn't have, though. And that's his legs. Have you seen his legs on the page before? Look at them ones. Grimer has sculpted such legs on this guy. Lovingly. Bulging with sausages of muscle. (laughs) Cords and cords and cords. Sausages of metal muscle. (laughs) Hats off to Grimer for really just doing what he wanted to see. Well, that's just how he sees his glorious leader, you know? (laughs) It's funny, you know, isn't it, that we've seen statues and things sculpted in Robotnik's image. It's it's nice, in a way, that that they're not Mm. this weird, idealised, godlike image of Robotnik. Robotnik is actually very comfortable in who and what he is. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, and so he should be. Now, after that amazing panel, you turn the page and you get treated to another one. Oh, the side-on panel, yes, when Dr. Robotnik radios into Brutus and it's another backlit panel where Brutus is mostly in silhouette as only the light hits the edges of him. Dr. Robotnik calling Commander Brutus, report at once! And we hear Brutus think in a little thought bubble, (laughs) not now. And the trooper's like, you'd better respond, Commander. Sounds urgent. You heard nothing, soldier. Faulty transmission. Understood. So we have this it. This cool stuff. Yeah. He is now actively floating orders. It's just, it's really cool, and I really like it. Something about these two Robotniks that are kind of fighting each other now. I kind of want to see that. I want to see Brutus v. Robotnik. And hey, maybe I'll get some. But yeah, as one of the troopers grabs Amy... Puts a gun to her head. Not another move, or Pinky gets a new hairstyle. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. That's great villain dialogue. Yeah, and I mean, long term, he gets what he wants. <laughs> she does get a new hairstyle <laughs> at some stage. Yeah, and you don't see people sharing these panels around out of context, do you? <laughs> Amy's the one there, assistant, don't give up. This goon won't get the better of me. And Sonic says, I can't risk your life, Amy. Let's see that shit around on Twitter! Eh? <laughs> well, we need to be the change we want to see. Eh? We'll have to start posting that. But just before Brutus can, you know, deliver them all killed, Robotnik Radio is in again on a higher frequency that shakes his body with its volume and intensity, forcing him to reply. That really made me laugh. Just the fact that he's 
on a higher frequency. Right, I'm on a higher frequency now! <laughs> I know, right? I don't think that's how frequency works, no. but never mind it. Works. The art and the, the fact that the lettering is in a larger bubble, all in bold yeah. italics, it just sells it. Yeah. All right, I'm shouting it, now. Oh, no! And he's got... A, I, I just like his little back-of-the-palm communicator that he pops up. I like that. Mm. Very, um... I'm a model, you know what I mean. When Brutus is covering his ears from the sound, by the way. He's really... Flexing and stretching there. Oh, well, he can't help it. He's just built that way. Yeah. <laughs> He's too sexy for his uh, cape. Yeah, for his I don't know. bucket bonds. <laughs> Explain why you didn't reply before. A slight hitch. A building fell on me. <laughs> uh, and Robotnik orders them brought back alive. I knew he had a soft spot for me, Sonic says. They're put in chains. You and Robotnik are so alike, Tinhead. Neither of you has a sense of humor. And then, and then the final panel, it's just another moment where I couldn't stop. I couldn't fight the smile down, honestly, yeah, yeah. as they're in their manacles and they're tripped off. And Johnny has that one look on his head that he hasn't been able to shake for the last six issues. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he could see what was coming if they yeah. stayed in this line. And then and Brutus, the cape dramatically swirling almost in like ragged ribbons around him. It is a full spawn cape in this panel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't normally think of it as being, uh, as splitting up into, well, maybe it got tattered in the collapse of the building. In the fight, yes. Yeah. Because look, because look, when Sonic whips it, it seems to be one piece. But then when he boom bursts out of the rubble on the, on the other page, you can see that the end of the cape is tattered now. So I That's think right. it's tattered. But yes, I may only have a copy of Robotnik's mind outlaws, but I have achieved what even he could not do. I have defeated Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. So good. It is. Oh, it's oh <laughs> oh to be thirteen again. Oh god. Oh. No. oh, we had it so good. I oh honestly, this was just one of those stories where I had a point and it was like, oh, oh this is yeah, this is really good actually. And it's just really <laughs> exciting and thrilling with a cool character. And and Sonic as well is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for more of this. Yeah. I guess it's just not one that lends itself to deep analysis. It's just really cool, guys. Yeah. Next issue, Sonic fights back. Of course he does. Tis strip. <laughs> Graphic zone. Halloween. Graphic zone. Show SDC what you can do with imagination and a sheet of paper. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I think they are all Halloween drawings this time, deliberately. Yes, Maybe. no uh, no unusual um, ones. All right, Adam Wickener from London. He's drawn Tails in a coffin as a mummy, but he's got a grin on his face. Happy enough to be a mummy. He's got <laughs> two tails mummified. His head isn't. There's a, That's yeah, probably there's why he's so happy. Kind of a few things going on there. He's a mummy and he's in a coffin. You know, it's not a sarcophagus. Yep. It's no. uh, twice as spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Michael Berger... If there was one that's not quite... Yeah, It's exactly. this one, yeah. It's, it's the one maybe, because it's... Sonic, he's a green wizard, but he's got a kind of cross-expression, kind of wicked grin on his face, so maybe he's a Halloween-y wizard. I wonder if Michael may not have been referencing something from the comic on Sonic's precise expression. Maybe a slightly top-down mm. view of Sonic from somewhere to figure out how to draw mm. him... 
yes, with the hat yeah. uh, cutting down into the... See, it's like if I was drawing Sonic wearing a hat mm. like this, which has a brim on it and everything, it's not just a yeah. cone, it's got a whole big floppy wizard brim, Yeah, I would do it in the classic cartoon style where the ears poke through holes in the brim. <laughs> yes. Whereas the way Michael has done it here, it's almost as if the hat is balancing on the single central spike <laughs> and the ears are, are down low. Ah, oh, now, this is one of those... How would a horse wear trousers questions, isn't it? I suppose. Would Sonic wear a wizard hat just on his top spike instead of on the top of his head? I don't think so. I don't either. <laughs> Gavin Brandreth from Staplesford, Nottingham has done... Uh, a, he looks like he's a bit older. He's done a, a better drawing. Yes, it's a very nice one, isn't it? Yeah, and this is Metallics. And he's standing in a sort of a spooky graveyard, and there's bats, and there's a crescent moon. And he's Metallics is holding one finger up as if to say, now I know what you're going to say. <laughs> one! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not it, It's not inherently... Well, Metallics is inherently pretty scary. But, um, <laughs> but uh, there's nothing additionally or unusually scarier about him. No. It's just the environs in which he finds himself. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been spookified. He hasn't got any clothes on that make him extra spooky. He's not dressed as anything. He's just there. He's just he's in a graveyard, and that's what's happened. He's in, I think in fact actually, perhaps he's the scared one here. Not like maybe. he's got a little. He's got a little. You know, he's gritting his teeth, and he has got that finger pointing up uh, look. And when Sonic does that, it's like ah, I'm cool. When Metallics is doing it here, it does look like now. Hang on a minute. Now wait a minute. <laughs> and. Uh, Perhaps it's just because he finds himself in this graveyard. Will uh, Gavin, let us know. I like the cartooning touches, though. He's given him a mouth. Mm. That's actually the one. It's, it's taken me until yeah. right now to realise, oh, wait, he's not supposed to have a mouth. Because mm. the mouth fits in with the sort of energy that the, the art has gone for. That's right. A little gritted fang tooth in there. Uh, Sonic's got some fanged teeth in this one from Oof. Ben Cooper down below from Portsmouth in Hampshire, who's done a sort of... Uh, d- sort of a devil Sonic, sort of a demon dragon Sonic. Yeah, he's done basically. Yeah, he's adorned Sonic with everything you can come up with to make him spookier. Mm. His skin color bits are green. He's got claws poking out of every glove finger, and he's poking out of his shoes as well. Oh yeah, he's got just patches of blood just just all yeah, over him, pouring out, just bleeding cuts all over the guy. He's got horns coming out the top of his head, bleeding or well, blood on he them. He's gored someone with those. Exactly. Or I suppose or they, they came out of him. They erupted recently. bloody, yes. Yeah. He's got uh, bat wings which are quite cool because they've got like a blue outline and green interior. Yeah, I like those. And they've got more of these spikes coming out with And they've blood got on. stitch marks on them too. Yeah, they've yeah, cuz he's Frankenstein as well, mm. so he's got one along his top spike oh, so and on his side. Is, yes. Yep, and on his back spike. His tail has mutated into a great big fat dragon tail that mm-hmm. goes seamlessly, well not seamlessly like as if it's hair like from blue to green by the pointed end. And then his eyes are like, you know, metamorphosized. They're like turned sideways slit pupils. But they almost look as if they've themselves been slit. They've got a red slice yeah. down the middle. Th- this is his pupils we're talking about here. His, his pupils, pupils have rotated sideways within the goggle. Yeah. Whoa, that's a dead... Sk- Everything you can do to make Sonic spookier is done here by Ben Cooper reports. I'm trying to think about something else that you could add to make him spookier, I mean, and I'm like, a cape? I don't know. Yeah, a high-coloured cape, maybe. Uh, um, a, a, a trident, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Bolts in the neck? Um, has it, Let me just check he hasn't got them, because he's got everything... Oh! He does, he does have, have them! them. <laughs> and he's... 
I didn't see them in there. And his tummy bit has got some sort of like a bite taken out of it, top right. Yeah, I see it, I see it. Oh, yeah. God, I didn't Everything. see the bolts. The bolts are just in where the uh, wings connect to the body. This <laughs> he really has, has gone for everything, everything, hasn't he? He had a checklist before he started working on this. <laughs> That kid is inspired or needs some professional cheering up. <laughs> Katie Jones has done a wizard tales. Uh, it's exactly what you think it is. Yep, he's well, well no, yeah, there's the one there's the one <laughs> cute touch actually. Yeah, he's <laughs> so to go through the checklist, he's got a wizard's hat on, a nice sort of wizard's hat which as well as being blue and with stars on and flopping over, it's got a little orange pom-pom on the top mm. and a little orange really more of a wee willy winky sleeping cap than a mm, than a wizard's yeah. hat to be honest. It's got a little yeah, yep. fuzzy ends. And and in the same time, more of a dressing gown than a wizard's robe, because it's got yeah. the same orange fuzz at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a, a magic wand in one hand. The second iteration, along with the green sonic wizard, mm. of a standard, like, magic, pre-Potter magic wand. Yes. Black stick with, with white, white tips, yes. Um, although Sonic's is blue, naturally. God, I never really thought about how Potter has kind of supplanted... Yeah, yeah, the the iconography of the magic wand. Of the magic wand. It yeah. used to be a, you know, Paul Daniels style yeah. stage magician magic wand was what we thought wizards had. And uh yeah. In the other hand, what's he got? Like a presumably a potion bottle. It's yeah, kind of a unclear. flask of something, yeah. But the little tweak, the little touch that we referred to earlier is that uh, this is Katie Jones of Pennyford near Chester has drawn tails with this long wizard's robe on. And it is considerably longer than the height of tails, so you can just see as it as the robe opens at the bottom, you can just see that he's standing on a stool. <laughs> it's great, love it, love That's that. Really That's really cool. Well touch. done, Katie. <laughs> uh, over on the right, Jack Lings from Scunthorpe has drawn a witch knuckles. Well, mm-hmm. no, I think it's actually a girl knuckles who is a witch because this knuckles is purple rather than knuckles pink or red. Uh, take your pick. And has boobs. There are the boobus, yes. But that, you know, it could still be Knuckles yeah. and be dressed up as a witch and have the boobus. But I think yes. bec- it's it's the coloration difference of the yeah. echidna that, that yeah. convinces me this is a girl echidna with no name. Yeah, what Jack has drawn here is an echidna witch. An echidna witch what? <laughs> an echidna witch is stirring a purple potion <laughs> in a big cauldron. And then Ashley Scott from Norwich. Norfolk. I love this. This is so good. <laughs> Jesus. So it's... Conceptually, you might call this... And, oh, by the way, I've just noticed, they've just given up doing little captions on these. They're not calling them anything anymore, which they always used to do, didn't they? They would put a little caption on. If they were still writing the captions, Mm. they would uh, probably call this, you know, Robotnik the Bat. But it's... Dr. Robotnik goes batty. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It's just his head. It's Robotnik's head. And it's got bat wings, and it's got little bat feet coming out of it, and it's flapping along with a big cross face on. It, and the colour of pen that Ashley has used <laughs> here is, it's pink, but it's so, cl- it's the kind of pink Knuckles is. <laughs> it's its real yeah. close to red. He looks so angry to be it's a the most disembodied head pink. Yeah, if you were the f- most furious you could possibly be, you'd turn this colour. It's barely a different shade than the orange of his moustache. And the wings are red. But it, it, yeah. it is a different pen that she's used there. Mm. But again, the, it's barely a different shade. Yeah. Yep. He is so angry. I really do enjoy that one. And she's really gone to town giving him the kind of bat wings that have like a, 
a clawed hand at the tip at the corner, you know, so you can see all of these fingers. It reminds me of something. I wonder if she Mm. mightn't have referenced something from Decap Attack on this one. Oh yeah, yes, possibly. I put Robotnik's head in it. Then the last one is from Marios Tokos from London, and it's a Vampire Tales. Well, a Vampire Frankenstein Tales, maybe, maybe both. It's a green Tales with fangs and a cape. And you want to say he's got big shoulders, but that could just be an artifact of a child drawing tales, you know. Likewise, his big, tall, flat head could be an artifact of a child drawing tales, but it could be Frankenstein. Yes, I think bolts in his neck. How am I supposed to know? I think that the tall head is so that Marios can fit in a vampire's hairstyle, which he does have that. Yes, but be. Something about the perspective makes it just look like a, you know, basically a 70s TV presenter, a, a Wogan hairstyle. You know? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a sideways combed hairstyle. And he's coming out of a coffin. I was going to say, the picture's cropped off, cropped but it. I think that's a coffin down in the bottom right. So it's, it's probably just a vampire. And he's green because green is slimy and one of the evil colours of Halloween. One of the evil colours. We said he's got a red cape mm. and fangs with blood on them. And... In the time-honoured tradition of children other than Gavin Brandreth drawing a background, he's got a pen or a crayon and he's started scribbling black and then he's gone, oof. And he's he's done the widest bandwidth of scribble he could possibly do to make up the background. Ah, there's some really fun ones in this one. This this issue, I enjoyed these. Yeah. But as I say, it also everybody. helps that it's just here to embiggen the Halloween spirit. <laughs> Speaking of embiggening the Halloween spirit... Compo! Over the page, we've got our creepy compo! Well, what would you rather win? A tower or a can? So, these... You gotta (laughs) dig on the internet to find out anything about these, huh? You know, I didn't even think of trying. It almost doesn't really explain what they are. Uh, So, after much jiggery-pokery, it says here, STC has conjured up 25 creepy towers and 30 creepy cans for you boomers Mm -hmm. to chill out with. They are, it says, packed with ghoulish games, spooky sounds, creepy crawlies, puzzles, plus lots more. The perfect things to spend a scary night in with. And that's all it says that they are. And what they are is, they're a thing by... um, They have luckily, they've provided photographs that tell us what they are. To help illustrate what they are. They are a product by Joshua Morris Publishing. Right. The creepy tower sort of seems to be the main one, because it is a box... And it's just, it's all, they're almost like lucky bags. Yeah. Yeah. They're a box full of tat. It's full of some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So this box is called Creepy Towers. It's called that because it's a box shaped like a mansion. Two peaks up at the top there. Windows all over it and you can see spooky things through each window. Going online to find out a little bit more about these, there seems to have been a sort of a later edition of this. And that's what a lot of the pictures online is. But it's mostly the same, but just some of the words have changed and stuff on it. But uh, inside the Creepy Towers box, you get a rubber bat, a rubber spider. Good. A card game. Uh A jigsaw puzzle which is held inside a little cardboard box shaped like a coffin, which has a pop-up ghost in the lid. Oh, lovely. And an illustrated storybook. Oh, and it it seems as if the box itself opens up into some sort of board game board. Yes, these things are held in a plastic tray, uh, and then once you lift the tray out, underneath the tray is a board game board inside. So it also comes with uh, dice and playing tokens. And Dave, actually, let me just send you the picture of the playing tokens. Oh, Please do, because I'm looking at the ones in the bottom corner of the picture in STC, and I'm very excited. Yes, I know you'll love these. (laughs) I saw this and thought of you, as they say. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh, look at them. <laughs> oh, they are better than I could have possibly imagined. They oh, are my word. Five little token. plastic skulls, all the same oh. molds, but they're yep. different colours. And as we all know, colors. Dave loves things that are the same, but that are different colours. Red, yellow, green, orange, And this is purple. why. It's stuff like this is the reason. These are four little skulls. They're better than I could have imagined. They're like laughing faces. They're quite detailed. I could see in STC that there are these, you know, you can just see very, very small, these little tokens. But they look absolutely great. Listeners, they've just recently reissued... Ghost Castle, one of the best board games. Mm. I think Americans might know it as Witch Witch. It has various different iterations. But the one that I care about, Ghost Castle, the one from the 80s, the board had this. It was divided up. It was mostly made out of cardboard standy things to make it into a castle with multiple rooms. But it all came to a point in this plastic tower in the middle, down into the coffin at the top of which you dropped a small plastic glow-in-the-dark skull, which was so wonderful... I loved it so dearly. I've got more than one of them because we lost one and they sent us another one and we found the old one. And, oh, I love it. Here now are four more in different colours. Little plastic skulls. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yes, this picture gimme, on gimme, eBay gimme. has five, but I think that the box was only supposed to come the four. Yes, it, yeah, they've got two red, of the yellow, yellow green, and uh, bluey, purpley sort yeah. of colour. Oh, my word. Oh, lovely. And the, uh, the set also came with a larger plastic skull which yes. was light sensitive and made shrieking noises when made exposed ooey to light. Ooh noises. I'm sure it did. Yes, and I'm guessing. Oh, I was going to say I'm guessing its eyes flash red, but it's yes. actually looking as if its mouth flashes red. There's definitely light involved somewhere. Yes, it's missing from this eBay auction. Ah, now that's what comes in the big box. That's the tower. Yes, what that's about the, the that's can? That's the, the the main event, and the cans are just kind of a smaller thing. Imagine this. It, you you can picture it, everyone. You go into a shop. It's the Halloween stuff. There's a can. It says creepy can. It says this is full of tat, and sure enough, it is. Now, there is almost nothing about these anywhere online, but I have found mm. an old disused Amazon link, which oh, half, wow. half describes some of the contents. I mean, you can quite clearly see it here in SCC, Yes, but these don't seem to be everything, based on what this oh. Amazon listing is saying. So, this, okay. so a creepy can comes with six bone-chilling books. And the, the books in question are these little oh, yeah, paper squares that you see here. They're really just pamphlets again. Like the Marsupilami thing. Yes, but I think they're, they're probably stapled at the very least. Five squiggly creepy crawlies, which again is just little crap rubber rubber yeah. beasties. You can picture it, everyone. But you know that rubber centipede? That. Yeah, that. Stuff like that. A monstrous sticker poster with three ghastly sticker sheets. Uh, we wow. see one sticker sheet here in the uh, in the image on STC. If that's it, the poster's very long and you get the impression it's rolled up inside yes. the can. And then the one other thing that's listed here is the petrifying put-it-together skeleton, which is not pictured. Whoa. And which I assume is, well, the, the name is pretty self-explanatory. That'll be, yeah, like those Partworks ones. Where a little plastic model of a skeleton. Sweet. And you can see the stickers quite clearly on STC, and they are nice, and I want them. Yes, they, they look drawn. like these look like your kind of thing, Dave. Absolutely, say. my kind of thing. I I sort of recognise the artist, but I couldn't tell you why. If anyone knows, let me know. There's a beanie energy about it. Certain amount, yeah. There's a big laugh inside. <laughs> is it scary or is it laughy? Which one? You can't have both. Make your mind up. Yeah. I'm watching Evil Dead 2 while editing this. Your move, guys. Anyway, the uh, the way to win one of these... I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I want them. 
I I want these. Okay, so well, you, if you want to win them, then you have yeah, to answer how do the I do following it? question. Okay. Name the vegetable that's commonly associated Carrot. with Halloween. Carrot. Carrot. Tomato. No, that's a fruit. Apple. No, that's a fruit. I don't know. Pass. Name a, name a vegetable. <laughs> You're not doing well there. Uh, a haunted leek. <laughs> a dead leek. <laughs> One assumes pumpkin is the answer, but to be honest, that, you know... I don't, you know, I don't know if I associated pumpkins necessarily with Halloween at that point. You know, jack-o'-lanterns weren't a thing when we were kids. Oh, no, I did. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, pumpkins. There was a couple of Spectrum games about a Halloween pumpkin, and there was a, yeah, there must have been. Yeah, no, I no, I th- I think they were. No, I'm sure they were because the question is here. Obviously, it's just I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my very specific Northern Irish experience. Hey, maybe is that. Yeah. Um, you know, pumpkin carving and stuff like that. The very, the very, well, we've said, we talked about it before, probably last Halloween, in that the mm. very American ideals of Halloween yeah. were really only just coming in. As yeah, we they were, were fairly recently 90s, imported. Yeah. They were fairly recently imported. And I'll, I'll say this for sure. I didn't, neither did I carve a pumpkin, nor did I encounter a carved pumpkin, yeah. other than a shop display, say, yeah. until about. Four years ago, sure, yeah. Like it, like that's that was not part of life then. No, yeah, the, like as far as like the American imports go, like the the idea of carving a pumpkin, doing it, that yeah. seems like a very recent thing to actually enter the zeitgeist here in the UK. I even, I'm always, I'm still slightly surprised when I even see a pumpkin in a shop. Yeah, like to me, they were they were Halloween things, but the same way that. Skulls and ghosts, they were Halloween things. Yeah, they, weren't they weren't real, real. life things. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> were one of the pumpkin? kinds of monster that you get at Halloween. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the first 25 correct entries plucked from the attic will receive a creepy toner. Hey, oh, I didn't even notice car. that. Plucked from the attic, add it to the spreadsheet. Yeah. Can one of you, one of you's going to have to start this spreadsheet, you know, because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to listen to the whole series again. It's the spook of the century, boomers. And you're sending that off to Joshua Morris themselves, too, not to Sonic the Comic. Off to Four North Parade in Bath, Avon. Glad you told me that's a publisher and not just a bloke called right, Joshua I, Morris. I specifically Googled it to check because, well, first of all, let me tell you, you just search the name Joshua Morris, you find up with some unsavory results, let me tell you. You know, we have seen the competition occasionally before. It's like, send your letters to Amy, care of, yeah, yeah. you know. So, yeah. yeah, you wonder, were you just being directed these to send these to the house of some bloke named Joshua Morris? But no, that was the name of the publishing company that made these. <laughs> Creepy can. Did you ever hear a more rubbish name for a product series? <laughs> well, Yeah. Return of Echo the Dolphin, Part 5, written by Alan McKenzie, art by Steve White, letters by Tom Frame. Echo opens the gateway between worlds, and the asteroid projects a tractor beam through that transports all the creatures of Earth's oceans back home. Echo is the last through, blasting the gateway with a sonar pulse as he goes to destroy it for good. But his attack is too effective, and the portal collapses before he gets through, stranding him on the Vortex's world. Mm. Cool. Once again, not not to immediately just follow a Sonic strip where uh, it just went, Oh, it's so cool! But, again, <laughs> not a pile to dig into on this one. It's just uh-huh. more beautiful imagery as stuff happens 
a little procedurally. You know, we lose the interesting alien sounding dialogue again. Like this bit where the, the creatures start reappearing back on Earth and the asteroid says to them, disperse quickly, finny friends. And I'm like, <laughs> I, that's not the same asteroid that was contemplating allowing all life to destroy itself while he watched dispassionately a few chapters yeah. ago, you know? Finny friends. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think I understood quite the deadly enemy bit on page one. So the the sort of space omni-viewer thing opens up and yes. goes... Blah, 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 blah. And then Echo thinks to himself, or thinks, in a thinks bubble, a deadly enemy has entered the vortex and is reducing the food stocks on Earth. Mm. Um, so is he using... Well, you, you, see, see, you see in the caption there, translated from the Vortex by Megadroid's language services. Yes. That's what he is telling the Vortex machine so that it will open the gateway back to Earth and scan. Right, it's because it's in a different kind of... It's in the thinking speech balloon, not the talking to the alien speech balloon. Mm-hmm. I think that's what confused me. So he's... Right. So, but, yeah, but, but hang on, though. Why is he talking... Why are the aliens interested in things reducing food stocks on Earth? Like, this isn't Earth. Well, we know there are still life forms in the Earth. So the aliens are going to want to come back to Earth and, and right. get more fish from it in the future. And Echo is saying, hey, someone is, you know, squatting on your patch. Right, okay. And so the machine opens the gateway from the alien. This is why Echo needed the ability to speak the alien language, because he needed to be able to interact with the machines and, and get it to get the gateway between worlds to open. I've spent the whole thing thinking that there'll be this... You know, this mysterious key lock that he's going to have to speak a garbled alien language into that'll unlock things and there'll be intricate cogs. And actually, it's just the equivalent of saying, look over there in an alien <laughs> language. <laughs> he just has to fool it by coming up with a, with a lie. we got to mention these Megadroid captions. Ah, yes, yes. The Megadroid language uh, services P. Helsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then every time the machine or Echo speaks... It, what is supposed to be the alien language, but which is translated for our convenience. We get the little caption. As before, Megadroid. Me again! Megadroid. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. It's a nice little rule of three punchline, isn't it? It doesn't even say it's translated. It's just, hello, Megadroid. Unfortunately, it does it again. This is like, you know, STC's footnote love. You know, just put triangular yeah. brackets on either side of it. I know. I, to, frankly, I would have been happy with them just doing the one caption. Yeah, you And saying, like, one. translated. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, now I understand. But, um, oh, I just liked the joke. Yeah, I just the liked joke's the good. Again. I don't know how well-suited Echo is to jokes like that. But it's all right. It's not, it's not too bad. But, no, but, that's yeah. the thing. It really stands out. It kind of made me laugh because of that, I think. It's how serious this comic is. And then Megatroy is like, cooey! <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Hello, I'm just sticking my neck in. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell them all about this filthy nerdery or what? <laughs> okay, so, so what we're looking at here is... I've been calling it the Alien Omni Viewer. Hmm. I'm a little bit out to see about what it is because I can't really remember. It's Did just he a get gateway. here through it's it? It's a hexagon, which is yeah, a portal a... between the worlds. It's a big metal tube that is a yes. uh, forms a hexagon, and that's where the portal between the worlds is. Yes, through it you can see yes. the other hmm. end of the portal. And um, now and then we'll get a close-up of it. Usually you're looking at it from Echo's perspective. You're looking up in the sky. There's this hexagon, but three times in the strip. There's a camera angle that looks down past it. And on all three occasions, the artist, Steve White, st- listed here as Stevie White. Oh, Stevie White. Didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. Has put something on it. And the first one, he's put Roswell. 
then it looks like it's about to say something else. I'm not sure what... Oh, wait, actually, hang on. You can see that ink through the border a little bit. Roswell AB or AD? Roswell AB. Well, anyway, Roswell, we know what that is. That's the, the, the place that in the 90s we were obsessed with because something to do yes. with an alien there. Aliens happen. Aliens. In the next one, it says NCC-1701, which is the license plate of no! the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> and in the third one, this was the one that I got confused at because it appeared to say Shad, spelt S-H-A-D-D. And I was like, I don't know what that's from. But as it happens, just the other day on Twitter... Steve White had uncovered two pages of Echo, one of which is the last page of this strip. And he'd posted them, and he'd gone, here they are, the last two remaining pages from my only ever comic strip. And I said, hang on, do you mean in STC? And he said, no, only ever. This That's amazing ridiculous. piece of work. <laughs> is this guy's only ever comic strip? That is I mean, he's terrible. worked in comics. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's in an, other as capacities. As an editor yes. and, and, and probably as a writer as well. To think that this is the only time he ever drew Amazing. a strip. I mean, he still he still is an artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he just recently released draws. a book of beautiful We've established he work. is a paleo artist. Mm. But, my God, draw some comics. Outrageous. Draw some, oh, draw some silent dinosaur comics, Steve. Get oh, that done. Yeah. But also put some space stuff in. Space dinosaurs. Um, it's not Shad. He answered me. I asked him what's going on here. It's Shad O, which is the name of the secret organization. In, I, don't, I don't know if it's secret. I haven't watched it. In Jerry Anderson's UFO. And it stands for... I've got it here somewhere. Society. Thank you, Chris. I don't know. I'm guessing. Oh, you're guessing. Go I'm, on. I want to see you guessing. Guess. Society yep. of for human... Uh-huh. Uh, 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 advancement yes. and defence operations. Oh, very nice. And not one word correct. Oh, fudge. I thought you were telling me <laughs> I got it. Oh, okay, right. That's, pre it's, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> that was very good. It's the Supreme Headquarters Alien Defence Organisation. I, 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 be I got defence. Oh, did you? Oh, beg pardon, then. <laughs> Beg pardon then, sorry. <laughs> Supreme One Headquarters. I should have got that, like, from S.H.I.E.L.D. That should be oh, the first place yeah. I go with a SH acronym. Well, you were assuming it that they wouldn't have copied that. Yeah. <laughs> when, when was UFO? Uh, I don't know. 1970. So when was S.H.I.E.L.D. invented? Was it before mm, that? In the 60s, yes. I'm unaware of this program. This was not one of the ones that were resurrected for our generation. No, no. We got Thunderbirds and Stingray and Captain Scarlet and even a bit of Joe 90, but UFO was not one of the ones that made it. No. I don't even know if it's puppets or not. Do you know what? I don't think it is. Yeah, I've just Googled it and I'm seeing ladies in purple wigs and stuff. And that's why it didn't get resurrected then. That's why. There you go. So, yeah, again... <laughs> Not not a lot to dig into plot-wise. It's just, God, it's lovely to look at, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the asteroid just sort of almost narrating the way through the story. You know, my tractor beam is switched off so I won't be injured by your radar burst. Didn't think you would be, mate. Didn't need you to mention it, to be <laughs> honest. No, a radar burst isn't a weapon that, that hurts anyone. Yeah, and also it's sonar, not radar. It's but, sonar, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are we saying it wrong or is that what it says? No, it says radar. Oh, huh, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like he just kind of goes whoo into it at the end. I guess that they give this dialogue to the Asterite instead of Echo because Echo's thoughts are still so full of the alien language. 
but yeah. where the asteroid functionally narrates him through, swimming down as deep as he can and then up as fast as you can so that he comes bursting out of the water, rocketing towards the uh, the gateway again. And then as he as he just before he goes through it, he goes, <laughs> he goes zreek at it. Um, but then, yeah, as he's disappearing through it, it kaboom, thakum, batums. And it does. He, so, does, so does Echo blow it up by yelling at it? Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it. Oh wait, he's been powered up, hasn't he? The asteroid yes, that's gave it. him. That's why the asteroid can turn off his tractor beam because it's not going to be necessary for Echo to get back through space to Earth. because yeah. he's been powered up and he can he can do that himself in the same way yeah. he jumped into space a couple of issues ago. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure, honestly, why that mm. needed to happen. Why not just tractor beam him up? And I guess it's because then he, if he blew it up it would not take him the last bit, so he needs to do a big jump. I'm not sure. The line is, like, that he's turned his track... The asteroid has turned his tractor beam off so that he won't be injured when Echo blows up the the thing. And, as I say, my response is, didn't think he would be, mate, but narratively, it's necessary for the asteroid to turn mm-hmm. his tractor beam off so that this mm-hmm. can happen. Okay, yes. And it looks lovely. Oh, God, the whole strip still looks <laughs> so good. Oh, these this, oh, the alien red ocean, where the, it's he manages with just just with purely just with the thickness of line yeah. to convey that it is a thicker and oilier substance than the beautiful clear waters of Earth's ocean. Look at these panels of the of the um, of the sea creatures returning home as bubbles yeah. and, and light the and the radiation, smeary of the, shapes of them going up in the beam. Oh, that's so nice. And the, but look how the, the blue of the ocean gradiates from the brightness of the asteroid down into the deeper blue, and how the red of, of the alien ocean is just this flat, solid, thick, unmoving colour, and how that, on the first page in the first panel, how that wheel that's not so far away is so much... The visibility is so reduced because of the gelatinous thickness of the liquid... So simple, yeah. so elegant. Yeah, and he's not made any more comics. He's not made any more comics. <laughs> kind of held up on the outrage of this point. Like I know. Next issue, Marooned, the final part of Echo the Dolphin. The story oh, ends. Next issue. Uh. God, I'm gonna miss Echo. Mm. What? A, it's so strange that we've got this far into STC in this amount of time. It is sixty-four issues, though. Yeah, it's one of those things like. That's a lot of of episodes that we've done of this. (laughs) And yet there's still always something about the 90s that we find we haven't covered yet. (laughs) Do you remember pizza-flavoured pot noodles? (laughs) 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 But um, lovely to look at. A bit procedural and a bit lacking in the alien on other world it's weird that echo feels like it lacks its alien otherworldly feel in the chapter where he's literally on an entire other alien planet <laughs> and yet it's because to echo his life is spent jumping from you know water to water so here he's in what is to him extremely alien water to us it's just red <laughs> yeah but i do hope we'll get some more uh, dialogue from echo to finish things up in the last chapter because obviously yeah. he doesn't speak much in this just a bit just gives commands to the uh, to the machine really and the asteroid 
uh, carries the first I hope of a he lot of either me. gets his language back or he doesn't get his language back and is always weird and separated from his brethren in that way. Oh, cool. I don't want that. He's been Neither fighting to get back together with them. I agree, I but it would be that. such an interesting, eerie ending. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out what it is, whatever it is, because as far as I remember, I, d- I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember that it is an ending. Mm. Unlike. Unlike Kid Chameleon, (laughs) it brings everything that we've been reading since issue 13, Mm. over 50 issues ago, to a close. I mean, looking forward to it. Pin up! It's rubbish, isn't it? Yep. (laughs) Yep, it's a drawing of a bat brain badnik. Which has been, not enlarged, it's been drawn to be a two-page... I think this is a Ferran Rodriguez piece. Yes. This is a spray-painted with black spray paint to do the shading on its white eyes, which is sort of an odd mm, decision. Yeah. Um, or are they black with white spray on? <laughs> uh, they could be, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and it's just got a cutout moon with two cutout bats, one of which succeeds at being a cutout bat. Yeah, the other of which, which does not doesn't <laughs> now unfortunately if i remember right this is the first badnik pinup in a long uh, run of badnik pinups by Ferro and rodriguez right i mean i appreciate the halloween right. effort yes but... they've tried yes and also you know we've never talked about this because i don't right. remember if bat brains have really appeared in... what's the deal with bat brains being green and stuff they're blue and grey in the game, hmm. but they're always green and stuff. Oh, they have not. I, I confess I haven't noticed. I will now. Because this one, I would have just gone, well, it's because it's Halloween. Yeah, but but uh, they're they're green in a lot of things. Hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. Maybe it was a preliminary colour or something, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you what my objection to this poster is. What's it's that? that the bat brain is pictured here against a night sky and a moon, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's casting a shadow on it. Yes, he's casting it. A shadow on the poster, as it were. Yeah. It's as if he's not actually in the sky in front of the moon, but in front of a photo backdrop in a studio yes. upon which he yes, is Yes, he's gone and had his, he's had his Halloween photo taken. Right, yeah. I'm back on board. I really like the idea of Badniks going for a yeah. glam shot. But can I pull you back out of it again by pointing Please. out that his fiery exhaust is casting a shadow? Yes, I know. It's uh, Yes. <laughs> yes, no thought. Mm. This was tossed off quick as. Mm. Not... Done correctly. No. <laughs> Knuckles Tales. The Revenge of Trog, Part 6. Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching, letters by Elita Fell. Knuckles knocks Trog off the Dimension Bridge, apparently destroying him and allowing our heroes to finish crossing over back to the Nameless Zone. But a moment later, Trog reappears, having grabbed onto the bridge rope at the last second. Fortunately, this delay has given time for the Dark One's long-held enchantment to finally wear off as Trog suddenly turns back into the third Enchanter King. With the day saved, Knuckles and Tails return to Mobius. There was a a vibe that I find running through this issue. Mm-hmm. I read Brutus, and mm-hmm. I was all you know, and then that that got me hype, mm-hmm. you know. And I knew Echo was coming up as the sixth strip. Just like, I I mean, I knew everything that was in this issue, but but I turned the page deck and I was like, oh yeah, time for Echo now. And I read it. And then, and then I hit Knuckles and Tails. 
Mm-hmm. And and it was like a moment of realization. I was like, oh yeah, Knuckles and Tails. That's the third strip. And I was like, oh, and it's the last part too. Yeah. And I got really, I got really hype for the strip just as I started reading it. Oh, this issue just got me going, man. I love this first panel here where Trog is leaping at Knuckles on the bridge going, ah! And Moraine and Tails and the two Enchanter Kings <laughs> are just staring off into the middle distance like nothing was going on at all. Yeah, they haven't spotted him yet. He's going, rawr! <laughs> yeah. I guess it's one of those, uh, it's one of those comic panels where as you read it left to right, time passes along. Yes, you know? the so noise like, has not reached their ears Ra, yet. Yeah, the speech balloon for Ra is on the right hand side, so it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and then we have this little slip where Tails does see it and goes, Knuckles is in trouble! And Marin's like, mm. Knuckles, I thought your assistant was called Sonic. Uh, well, oh, there's no time to explain now, we must help him. Yeah. Knuckles don't need nobody's help, though. He just punches him square in the face, and uh, the ropes break, and Trog falls to oblivion. Yeah. yeah. And he really thought he was dead, you know? It was oh, really, yeah. I was like, I guess that's that, then. I thought that was quite a harsh ending for him, yeah. because we've established that, if you don't remember this, listeners, they're on a rope bridge across nothing, across a chasm, not of just nothing, but where, like, if you drop something into that chasm, it becomes nothing. It's gone. And that's what seems to be happening to Trog. And it's like, oh. Golly, all right, okay. But Kitching does specifically draw does. the broken bridge rope spiraling into the uh, into the vortex with him. And it's part of how he uh, falls through, because Knuckles goes, the ropes are giving way, I didn't mean that. And yeah, sure enough, yes. it snaps. And, Knuckles uh, did not mean to consign Trog no, to he just wanted an to eternity punch of him over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Throws out that classic child's insult. I'm not going anywhere, dog breath. Yeah, dog breath. My granny used to be quite fond of the insult dog face. <laughs> that was how she would insult someone. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Now, we have been wondering the last couple of chapters what the point of Moraine is. Mm. And unfortunately, our hope from last episode that she was going to do something to pay off her presence in, in the whole strip, this issue, does not come true. I don't know if she ever comes back and gets to do anything in her own right again. That's the thing. This is perfectly good setup for her to return as a character, but I don't hmm. remember that happening. Yeah, I don't know they do it because this whole thing is a pretty neat tie-off of Tails' adventures in the Nameless. Song. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a happy and worthy ending to those stories. It is, yeah. And in fact, this whole episode kind of felt like a bit of clearing the table after the meal. You know, there was lots of. Bit. Mm-hmm. It was very clear that it was a closing episode because there was a lot of telling each other how loose ends have been resolved. And I think that that might have been perhaps a bit too much were it not for the fact that it is quite nicely threaded through with these little gags of Moraine going, yeah, but but wait a minute though, but Knuckles... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, love, plot, plot. <laughs> yeah, we've got to explain the plot to each other. Sorry oh, but, though, but did you say Knuckles? Did you never just mind, call never him mind. Knuckles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Tails says, oh, I had a lot of help. And, uh, ah, yes, your assistant Sonic. And love this panel and Knuckles. Just with that, that crooked Knuckles grin going, Tails is little helper, that's me. <laughs> and Marine's like, wait a minute, now, why did he call you Knuckles earlier? And then Errol pops up and is like, ah, yeah. I'm back to my old self, Hello. sis. And she's like, way good to see you. She got, I, love, I love her face in yeah. that panel. She is so happy to see him because he's turned back to normal after the Dark One has been destroyed. And then she's like, no, no, what about this Knuckles thing? And then, ah, Trog lives. Okay. He's come back and I love that. it again. He jumps in, goes, yeah, just out of nowhere. Yeah, Trog comes in. Tails shouts, it's Trog. And Knuckles goes, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> 
Now for my final revenge. Call it revenge for past humiliations. CSTC 16 to 21. Don't know we needed the footnote right there and then, guys. We know he's an existing body at this point. But then finally, I love that panel there wherever the enchantment finally starts to wear mm. off. We get that big close-up on Trog's face yeah. as his eyes go buggy and bloodshot. And he his fingers, right. you can feel like his hands tensing as he clutches as he starts to feel his whole body change. And he screams as the enchantment wears off and he turns back into Shirobe. He's not named in this strip, but that was his name, the third Enchanter King. Oh. Yes. They just call him the third enchanter. And then we get this yes, little panel odd, of, uh, of the other two enchanter kings just looking at each other and going, plot tied off? Yeah, it's plot tied off, and here's the reason why. <laughs> yes, quite, quite, yes. Quite, <laughs> quite, yes, quite. <laughs> yeah. The destruction of the Dark One has returned our companion to us. Splendid. Yes, it just took longer for the enchantment to wear off. I guess that's probably where I started thinking, like, this is all a bit... Yes. Yes, dialogue to title. Like, this is the end, folks. He's a uh, a very old man fox, isn't he? That's how he's mm. drawn this one. He hasn't got a hairstyle. He's got a crinkly lips style. <laughs> well, the Enchanter Kings have hats and earrings rather than hairstyles. <laughs> yes, I don't know why I was looking for a hairstyle to define him, but apparently I was. I guess I'm thinking of Moraine. Moraine's got a hairstyle. Yes, Errol exactly. doesn't. Errol's got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And then that's it. The Enchanter Kings bid farewell, Miles Pryor and faithful assistant Sonic. And as they disappear through the portal, we close out with Marine going, I'm still none the wiser about this Knuckles thing! <laughs> and that's a good gag that is threaded through the strip. That, um, gosh, it's a good thing she at least got that, isn't it? Yes. Because if she didn't have that... There would be nothing to the character. So we are still left with the... I now probably believe she was a holdover from the earlier concept for this strip the Kitchen had a year or two ago. That's my standing theory, that she was invented to be the companion character when Kitching conceived the early idea of this as the third chapter in his trilogy of Nameless Zone stories, but then abruptly found himself taken off the, the strip for... A year or two mm. in between? Guess it's Maybe. Yeah. somewhere between one and two years, yeah. yeah. And you know, I feel like it, it all plays a little better for that break. Imagine if, you know, we'd been served up this as the next tail strip in the late 20s along with the, the Sonic Terminator. Mm, yeah. One more random nameless zone adventure. There's just something about how this really helps this story feel like a, a long-awaited conclusion mm. or culmination. Of the saga of Tails' stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> he got away with it though, didn't he? He did, and I genuinely don't know if the Nameless Stone ever appears again now. No, me neither. Can't remember, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? I mean, yeah, I've said because I've said it before, that um, we're getting closer to the point when I stopped buying and reading the comic regularly. Uh. Kept reading it in shops, and have read it all since as an adult through scans, yeah. but only once. So... Very soon we'll be up to the stories where I only have specific memories. And in many cases, basically, look, if you binge read something as an adult, mm. a year later, you might as well not have yes. read it. Yeah. Or at least that's true for me and that's you from the side of things as well, Dave. Yeah. I used to think of it as a good thing because I was like, you know, I can revisit favorite books and so on and not mm. really remember them. But as life goes on, as I get older, I am like... Why am I reading anything there? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it doesn't stick with you. I know, I know. Yeah. 
I got 300 unread graphic novels in my Comixology account that I really need to get around to. <laughs> I've got about that many just on my shelves from different trips. <laughs> That's to... why I had to switch to digital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I say, I think it just helps the whole thing have a, a bit of more weight behind it as a conclusion to Tales' as Nameless Stone Adventures. You know, I don't know if uh, Kitchen, come to think of it, would even write Tales again now. Yeah. Because after this... Tales will have a, a regular, or, or at least intermittent, uh, standalone strip in STC, where he just has adventures as Tales on Mobius. But uh, as I recall, that's Stringer territory. So I don't know if Kitching will ever do that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that I'm looking forward to finding out, because the answer may well be, yeah, there is no more. Mm. And I can't say I'm looking forward to that. But as an end to, to this still bizarre, like, we're inured <laughs> to it now, but... <laughs> Gotta go back to issue 16. Yep. It's still weird <laughs> that STC chose to have tales come from a fantasy land of orcs and goblins. <laughs> We've unpacked the many reasons why it was necessary to function as a story, but it's still weird. And the closest we may get to a non-weird conclusion to that is that he simply never sees any of them again. <laughs> never experiences consequences. <laughs> I wonder if the people who post all those out-of-context pictures of uh, Tails getting abuse off of Sonic mm. realise that Tails is actually a little sneak who's stealing Sonic's valour and not suffering any consequences from <laughs> it, and this is the eternal hell he must live in for his untruth. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. we don't care about this. Uh, of all the things to make a special about, you would have thought the football one was boring, and it was, but it was boring in an aggravating sort of way where <laughs> it, it was almost not about the game. Whereas this is Road Rash 3, which yeah. is even less interesting. And this this chapter of a, a multi-part Road Rash 3 Mega Drive yeah. Q-Zone solution special just walks through the different tracks um, that are in the game and gives you advice on what to do with them. And it does feel like there's functional game advice in this one. I did get one laugh, which was not from anything in the write-up itself, but from the screenshot of the Italy course, <laughs> which is described as somewhere where you tear up the pastoral hills where drivers treat laws as suggestions. Oh, nice. Which uh, feels to me like a, a comment on Italian drivers. Yes, I suppose it does. Is that a stereotype that there is? It is a stereotype, oh, I believe. Oh, well. Nice of David Gibbon to credit the game with craftily colouring the cars the same colour as the grass so you can't see them. Very, very crafty. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think there was any craftiness and in, in, intent mm, in that. No. <laughs> but, but, but that does mean that that is a worthwhile it, yes. thing to point out yes. as a playing experience. So yes. credit to him for that. The biggest obstacles are in the form of green cars, craftily coloured to blend in with the hillside. This makes it difficult to see them coming, so ensure you are alert at all times. Oh, the ninth rasher almost always has a club, so grab it when you can. The Ninth Russia. <laughs> uh, that was the ad for Road Rush 3, wasn't it? Rushes. Was it? Do some damage, get some speed. Was that the one with the knuckle tattoos? Did someone say knuckle tattoos? Yeah, with the knuck tats, yeah. Sonic's World. Cybernick Strikes Back Part 2 Written by Lou Stringer, art by Carl Flint, colours by John Burns and letters by Steve Potter. Techno takes Short Fuse to her secret workshop, where she begins constructing the bomb he requires and upgrades his armor. 
Three days later, the pair put their plan to destroy the chemical plant zone in motion, with Short Fuse holding off Badniks while Techno plants the bomb. But with only five minutes left on the timer, Metamorphia appears to block their escape. Mm. And this was another one. I just got through reading and really enjoying yeah. uh, Knuckles and Tails. I was in the moment of Knuckles and Tails, yeah. and then I flipped the page and I was like, I'm Cybernix the Fourth! It was like I remembered with thrill <laughs> in my heart that Cybernix was the fourth strip. What an issue! Uh, generally speaking, when we waffle on about what comes up in the future, I, I tend to knock it out because, like, we're going to cover that in the future. Yeah. But um, my memory of Techno in the future is as, you know, friend of Amy, and they go around and they have adventures. I had completely forgotten that the thing about Techno is that she's she has a past as Robotnik's top engineer. That mm. is... I don't know if that's because it's insufficiently explored going forwards or because I just forgot, but, like... That's a yes, character I, and a half, isn't it? I actually didn't remember that about her myself. Right, not just me Because then. it's not dug into here in any great capacity. No. She says, as she laid short views into her secret workshop, she, what she, do? she she pulls a tree branch and it reveals it somewhere, but we don't actually see Somehow, where it is. There's yeah. either quite a time skip between panels two and three or the whole landscape inverts at the pull of a lever, which would be quite cool, so I'm going to choose to believe it's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, short fuse is looking around. I don't see any secret workshop. And in the background, she pulls a tree branch. And then, and then, then the next panel <laughs> is simply he's in the doorway of the workshop looking in going, oh, this secret workshop doesn't actually say no. where it is i mean maybe oh i think it probably is is it's in the tree and uh, well but that, it's that's what massive it is, like. and the tree's just tree it's, well, it's probably man. it's probably underneath the tree yeah you know okay. that's the state there's stairs there okay so sure. the door is in the tree but yeah it, but even the, door the wall the that the doorway is in seems wider than the tree to me yes it does but that's what I'm going to guess it is anyway. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she says, I used to work as one of Robotnik's top engineers, but he found out I was stealing materials to make my own weapons. That's well cool. But it raises the question, like, and as I say, I don't think it's been dug into at all. Was she yeah. a willing yeah. engineer? Is she an ex-villain or was she press ganged into working for Robotnik yeah. because she or was, was she a defenseless a civilian? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the fact that she was stealing materials to make her own weapons implies with which to fight the cruel yeah. reign of Robotnik. Either way, though, she was making weapons with that stolen stuff, so she mm. there's edge to her, whatever it is. And I hope that that is explored in a way that I don't remember it having been. I don't know if it ever is, honestly. But Well, maybe in the rest of this strip, because again, uh -huh. I remember what happens in this strip, so we'll no. see. But that is why Techno was on the, uh, the prison chain gang oh, uh, yes. last episode from which Short Fuse rescued her because he was going to turn her into a bad nick for and the it's why she can help him here mm. <laughs> I like this line whenever he says how about doing that little job for me and she says well long as you're not expecting a masterpiece nobody ever built a bomb to last <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to make improvements to his armour and he says it's he's, he's encased in a special new metal and no one knows how to duplicate its formula <laughs> but it turns out great little move from, from Stringer here that uh -huh. Techno was one of the engineers who helped create the metal that Short Views is made of which is called Megatal which is a rubbish name. But those cowards at the State Science Institute won't endorse it. And that uh, that was a joke about Atlas Shrugged. Um, the one thing I know about it is that that's the plot of Atlas Shrugged. Someone's made a special new metal. No, okay. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> and then, yes, three days later, they launched their attack on the chemical plants, and we get our new look at the new look short fuse. Yeah. So what's your opinions, Dave? Um, not as different as I was expecting. Uh, definitely better. 
I had never realised before that the red and black stripes, the danger stripes or whatever you call those... Well, just describe the new look. So, as before, he's mostly all over silver, but now he has gloves and shoulder... Well, he already had them, but his gloves and his shoulder pads, whatever you call those, and his boots are now painted red, and the sort of shoulder pads and gauntlet bits of the gloves have black stripes. And I never realised before that what Techno has done is paint him to match her jumper. I actually didn't get that either. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She's got a Dennis the Menace or Minnie the Minx uh, jumper on in this strip. Yes, and a blue skirt and her sneaker. Well, she's always wearing the sneakers. Yeah, that's her, her, her classic kit. And she's mm. put an earring in. Oh, yeah. Or did she have the earring last issue? I feel like she might have had the earring last issue, but she doesn't have it this issue anyway. She, oh, okay. she, she has it going forward anyway. Well, she has it hanging down. never you know the biggest fan of short fuse's uh, new look oh really um you prefer the older one or there was ju- there's something about the beautiful simplicity of the all over chrome with this with that violent bright splash of red on the forehead i suppose so i'm not a fan of it though and i don't really know why other than i don't think i'd like things being all over chrome i guess <laughs> fair enough um, or characters, rather. I, I mean, I think it's probably a move Stringer has taken to make him look more like a superhero again. Mm, right. Because he's got uh, uh, glove gloves and boots now, yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know that you know that's one thing. Like you say that they've just they're just coloured red now. But no, that is one change. Although the shoulder pads and the gauntlets are just red with black stripes now, his legs are different now. That is oh. one thing I'll say that oh, I can actively say is worse. Oh. He's just got like. Legs that end in like little footy, footy boots. Now he's lost his big squirrel feet. Oh yeah, oh, and the yeah. Uh, the the ankle cuffs that go along with them. He's just wearing a pair of like normal superhero boots on the ends of his legs. I don't think I even really noticed he had long squirrel feet, but you're right. Oh, yes. I've always noticed that. Even I, I just just that uh, that panel. You remember the, the the first panel when we saw the armor of uh, Corona with, with the armor before Shorty was in it. Oh yeah, it was, it, it was it was even like bent over in the in the crouching position of a real life squirrel. Very squirrely, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't hate it or anything, you know, but uh, I, I think the simplicity of his original design is just one I prefer. Mm. And the feet. I prefer just the more animal-like animal-like feet. Fair enough, but I do like the red. I think it just, I don't know, it helps. I don't know. Having having a different colour at the extremities just helps with the shape a bit. Something about all over chrome on a character is, it just strikes me as a dull idea. Chrome is cool. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the if he was 100% chrome, it'd be one thing, but it's that... Beautiful red V, the v yeah. on the forehead that sets the whole thing off to mm. me. Anyway, he's different and I have to live with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I like that, uh, well, like might not be the right word, but so Techno can fly as well. And of course she can fly. She's a canary. Although you'd think it, canaries don't but, fly like Superman. They fly with yes, wings. She flies like Superman, yeah. She's not exactly flying like Flicky the Bluebird flies yeah. with, with wings. For uh, I mean, I don't know people. Probably, I don't know if we described we we described her her hairstyle and everything yes. very clearly last issue. Internet icon of the modern age. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she just has an ordinary cartoon people body. She mm. doesn't have wings no. like uh, other bird characters, like like chirps or or flicky. We can't swear that she doesn't have wings, but if she has them, they're under her jumper, and they are mm. not what she's using to fly with. Yeah, she is just as you say. She's just supermaning it. Mm. It's a shame, really. Ah, uh, then short fuse blows up some Valkyries. 
mm-hmm. the uh, badniks from the what is it? Sky Chase Zone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like her bomb that she's made. Yes. It is the Danger Myciest bomb. Yes, it's got bomb written on it. It's a bomb with bomb written on it. <laughs> Almost in you know, in big red sort of orange letters. Have you noticed there's something odd about that panel, by the way, which is that like some of the details on the bomb and short views in the background kind of look like impossibly high resolution. Specifically short views. He looks as if he's been shrunk down. Yeah, drawn... And then, uh, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick look. Yeah, it's a stat of the previous page, I think. Oh. I think they've just taken that, cut it from the panel, where he's debuting his look. Yeah, you can see the, 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 you can little, see the little twinkly on his there. on his left epaulette. God, that's a weird yeah. decision. And then they'll have had to have drawn, you drawn know, extra the, the, on the bottom for his tail. Yeah, just on the little point bottom, of yeah. his tail. So that is what they've done. But that was harder to do back then. I wonder why they did. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, Carl Flint seems to have, if the cover is anything to uh, yeah. go by, with his mixed media approach, yeah, maybe Carl was just set up for this sort of thing. Yeah. I've just noticed that the bomb, as well as having like little alarm clock dingers yeah. on and little, you know, curly things and a little turny key, it's got a little. Oh my God, I just saw it. Yeah. It's got a little fist sticking out. A little of fist it. on it. Little why? brass fist. I don't know. It doesn't out. matter. It's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know why. He never seems quite sure what kind of beak Techno has, does he? Oh, really? Sometimes she looks very Ducula-esque. Uh, yes. And that's not just because she's green. But no. then that panel where she's planting the bomb, she she looks more like she has the hooked beak of a canary. Oh, yes, that's right. Rather than the bill of a duck, which, which is what she looks like the she rest, has in yes, all the, the other panels. The rest yeah. of the time, she's a bit Huey, Dewey and Louie, isn't she? Big mm, round mm. head, little beak stuck on the front. Yes. I still love that big round head, though, because uh-huh. that panel in particular there where she's doing Nobody Built a Bomb to Last, Hands on Hips, that is a Sonic character, mm. isn't it? A yeah. classic Sonic character. Yeah. Three heads tall, big eyes, silly shoes. Yeah. Yeah. She looks good. She fits right in this world. In a way that, and not knocking because I never, never knock him, but in a way that even Richard Elson isn't as talented at that as this character design is. Mm. And we've since learned from Lou Stringer that he designed Techno and Short Views and Brutus. So there you go, Lou Stringer coming up with the most Sonic-y designs. This just looks like a character that Sega could have designed, honestly. It's hmm. the biggest compliment you can really pay to Techno. <laughs> she just looks like such a real Sonic character. Yeah. And then sort of over time, she'll, as Carl Flint won't draw her, she'll look less and less like one. <laughs> honestly, because her design is so malleable, there's been some cracking fan art done of Techno in the last yeah. few years. Always try to retweet it on the uh, on the mm, STCP yeah. Twitter account if I see any Techno fan art. I'm having a little look on Google Images now because my question in my head was, are people drawing her with wings? And I'm not seeing that. Oh, I don't think so. Well, I don't think they'd be drawing her with wings because nobody ever did. I don't think even the, at no point did the comics ever do that. No, they didn't, but it's fan art, isn't it? You'd think that that would be the addition that they would make, pop a couple of wings on her back. There you go, someone draw that. Oh, there's a cute one where she's got a little tail poking out from under her skirt. Yes, they are concentrating on the tail. I've seen a few of them. That's probably influenced in some way by the Babylon rogues, isn't yes. it? Yes. I don't really know them well enough to, to comment, but, but some of these technos that I'm seeing on Google Image Search yeah. have such modern sonic energy that makes sense modern to me sonic has established a way in which birds are drawn exactly exactly the but, yeah rogues. that makes a lot of sense to me that people would have that urge because yeah that's because techno is an old character from back in the day what would she mm-hmm. look like now yeah yeah and, and and if that's what you're setting out to do that's fine but uh mm. more than almost any other character in, in stc she really manages to answer the question of what a 
a air quotes classic techno would look like you know yes. really proper classic sega proportioned canary character though she yeah. would probably have wings well no i mean i don't know like they obviously the babylon rogues don't have wings so who knows <laughs> And then Metamorphia shows up at the end! And Metamorphia shows up at the end and goes, I choose this form to destroy you. That's a cool I line. I am Metamorphia the shapeshifter. I can change into any form I choose, and I choose this form to destroy you. And it's a big, muscly form with an arm that is both axe and gun in Yes! One. Yes! Axe gun! And, and maybe even flamethrower. It's got those holes all over the end of it. Yes, could be. Well, we were talking just recently, weren't we, about how that's just what you put on a gun because you've seen it in things. <laughs> extra details. Oh, no, that's right, because that's what Carl drew on those guns that the troopers were holding right, in this yeah. trip last issue. That's where it was. Yes. So that's a, a... That's just what Carl Flint draws on gun barrels. Yeah. Yeah, and then we end out with the, uh, the ticking clock. Next issue, kaboom! I feel like we've had that before, next issue, kaboom. I feel like, yeah, or kablamo, or yeah. kab- <laughs> Boom or Bracadadoom or something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's been done before, yeah. But I remember nothing about this. So I'm I was already like I'm I've been I've just been progressively more and more psyched up throughout reading. What a great issue. Yeah, it's a good one, what isn't it? What a great issue this is. We were having a what very a, nice time. And we said this last issue too, just like what a st- String of bangers. We were 1995 on. was just wicked overall. And life was just like this. As I said at the start of the episode, there's nothing STC, there's nothing relevant to read out of the diary. But when I was looking over it just in case, like every day contained about three key memories that I thought <laughs> were just spread out across my whole life. 1995 was off the rails. Just stuff was happening all the time. It was brilliant. It was great. We were having such a good time. Well, don't get too attached to it, because it's the end of October. I know, we're heading towards <laughs> the end of it, aren't we? Yeah, they, well, this is the thing. I'm feeling it. S- the sand drifting between my fingers. But before we reach the end of the year, we yep. must reach the end of the issue with speed lines. <laughs> Boings. Speed lines. History has been made. Each letter below yep. was zapped to us via email and are the first to be printed in STC. Keep them coming. See bottom left for details. Or post your mail to Speedlines. Why don't they just put them in the same place? Well, I guess email is, <laughs> is confusing enough that they want to give a little box out to explain how it works. Yeah. Keep it in the family is the first one. From Rachel Finn of North London. Dear Megadroid, my brother Daniel has written to you a few times but was disappointed not to get a reply. However, <laughs> all this changed when STC set up Speedtrack and he received a reply to his email. Dave's asterisk. By the way, between you and me, I enjoy reading STC2. And Megadroid has replied, I've noticed that the whole Finn clan have been regular visitors on the network. Rachel, does that mean their parents are writing in? I don't know. Okay, so asterisk. What I love about this is that we've already established that the email address is just Richard Burton's email address because he's dead excited about having an email address. And he's writing back to them all. He's so into it. He's sending replies to everybody who sends a message. That's great. (laughs) I love it. So excited! Yeah, I, they use that name Speed Track, which was what it was introduced as on the Control Zone, but uh, which I don't think will ever appear again. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's all just speed lines henceforth. Okay, the new is uh, the letter, the title that they have given to this letter from Jimmy Illingworth from Bradford, West Yorkshire. So it's not Scottish or anything. I no. don't understand. Dear STC, I've sent this from my mum's PC at her work to let you know how much I like the new cover design. I also approve of the new look for Megadroid, as I think he's 
is. Oh. And Megadroid replies, even though the Megadroid Appreciation Club, Mac, is growing all the time, I'll try not to let it spoil me. A round of applause should go to STC's designer droid, Gary Knight, for the cover design. Ah, it's nice. So they, they chose to focus in on the aspect that he liked the new things, and then... With no further prompting or, or connective tissue, decided to go with Ochai the new. Yeah, that's they. They sat down. They tried to think of a joke to do with new. That's what they had. That was. The and one. yet, then this third one is titled Cherry Gripe. Mean anything to you, Dave? Well, Cherry Ripe is something, so I guess they're. Oh, maybe. What is Cherry Ripe? It's an old folk song called Cherry Ripe. I don't know the tune, but all of the words are cherry ripe, cherry ripe, ripe I cry, full and fair ones come and buy. That seems to be it. I've even looked it up, can't find very much else. So that's what it is. It's not famous enough for me to have got the reference, other than I'd vaguely heard the title and thought it might be a song. But it's a double barrel reference they're making because it's from a person named Cherry, Cherry Uh, Hamlet of Colchester. Who's griping? Who's, who's right name with a gripe? Well, so it's then, a double barrel, it makes sense. Then that is a top-tier gold-plated title. Well done. Yeah. Okay, the new. Okay, the Cherry new. writes, Although I've always liked your comic, I have to say it's gone downhill lately. No. What? Out of your arse. Are <laughs> we on about? Sonic looks more like a pig. No. What? And Tails is a complete wimp. I won't fight you too hard on that one. But you got in... You have the mm? audacity in 1995 <laughs> to come into my house yeah. and tell me that this comic is gone has gone downhill. Yeah. The oh, I the, sorry, I, should, uh, I, I don't know what's down. going on there because let's try and figure out what she's on about. Sonic looks Perhaps, more like a pig. I'll, I'll give her one thing. Maybe, what? maybe. Yeah. She's talking about that little period in between the end of the epic Sonic and Knuckles adaptation. And the beginning of the Brotherhood of Metallics, Brutus, Chaotix run, we're on again now, where we just had kind of wonky Sonic fill-ins, like Predicto uh, and the Big Con, and uh, even though it was great, the Mechanic two-part. Maybe. And there's there are at least two more in there that I've forgotten about. Maybe. What they were, because they were so unremarkable. But I'm... What, did Sonic look more like a pig in those? No, though? that's that's utter nonsense. I have no idea. I I think she's taken a swipe at Corona. Or maybe Kitchings art. You squidgier in it. Pigs are squidgy. <laughs> I don't know. Pigs are squidgy. Well, that's that's what I've always said. But I don't know. It's not. Um, it didn't. He doesn't look like Sonic. And then the other uh, the other complaint is Tails is a complete wimp. Okay, sometimes, but that's no change. Yeah. Well, Megadroid replies, it's unfortunate we've given you the pip cherry. Hey. And that doesn't make any sense to me either. Is that a saying? I guess it must be. I'm assuming it is. Given you the pip. Oh, God. You know, 1995 was a long time ago and we Mm. were children, but the people making this Mm. were also from 25 years before Before 1995. So it's hard. (laughs) So my only theory as to what's happened here with Cherry Gripe and her two just... Invalid Nonsense complaints. complaints. My only theory is that they were still doing the thing that they did with my friend Rick, which was where they were receiving multiple letters from the same person, positive and negative, because the kid is just trying to get printed, and they choose the negative one for some reason. That's a technique that they seem to be doing. Don't know why. I don't know. I mean, but she's decrying the whole comic. Comic's gone downhill, yep. she says. Yeah. I mean, maybe she paid compliments to other parts of it, but who knows. Mm. Pictures. Pictures. 
Yep. <laughs> Tell us about them. Okay, I will. So, there's one which I have little response to. It's called <laughs> The Sky's the Limits by Alison Headley of Northumberland. And it is what you would expect. She has drawn... this. Now, this is a fireworks night drawing, not a Halloween yes. night drawing. But but this is the comic that will cover that period of time. Right. So, oh, then yeah. that's so fine. This, so this is a bonfire night. I forget. I always forget how close they are. And, and that's why I usually miss the local uh, fireworks display. True story. Sonic is riding a rocket. Of course he is. It's going up through the sky. There's an air of his having been cut out. Yes. And stuck on. Yes. And in the background are squiggly, scribbly fireworks going off and exploding. I like that. Yeah. I like the, the impressionism that's gone into creating the fireworks there. It's cool. And I like the fact that it. I think she's cut it out because that allowed her to continue the scribbly, squiggly lines of yeah. the fireworks with continuity behind him. She drew a page of exploding firework effects and then yes. pasted Sonic on top of it. Yes, or even, I'm prepared to say, a younger sibling drew the firework explosions and she possibly, drew the Sonic. Possibly. Because it looks like, I don't know, it looks like a, a scribblier, younger hand to me, whereas the Sonic yeah. is perfectly competently drawn. It's quite a nice Sonic. Riding the firework. Yeah. But then the other picture... This... This is called More STC Magic, and it got a full belly laugh out of me. This is from Thomas Waterford of Churchtown in Gloucester. And it simply has no business being here at all. Yeah. It's... What is it? It is. Okay. Well, it's another robe and wizard hat. It is what a... What about action, this issue? Megadroid wearing his hat in the top banner of the Speedlines page, by the way. Oh, yes. The listeners. Start by picturing a wizard. Start there. That's your that's your beginning point. Yep. This wizard is wearing the kind of you know robe that's got planets and moons and stars Moonsters, on it. The, the, the classical wizard, including a planet with a Saturn ring round it. That's always yes. that. I always like to see that. And the hat, same again, right? Next, you got them curly wizard boots. Yep. Next, though, replace the wizard's face and head with the uh, the faceplate of a. Uh, well, a robot. Yeah? Well... But like an old-fashioned Iron Man-style robot. I would say, imagine yeah. if the head of Finn from Adventure Time was like an evil robot. Yes, I see what you mean. The fact that he's got this separated face. He's got like a whole... I think, I think it's just supposed to be a big grey beard, but it fully encircles his pink, very harsh, angry eyeballs, triangle nose, grill mouth face. Yes, and now that I look at it, I only think it's a robot face because of the way the nose is a triangle and the and the mouth is like a, a rectangle divided up into teeth. With but that's also lines, how you yeah. might just draw an angry face. Yes, Something but why about is he so angry? The fact God, maybe he's an evil wizard, but the fact that he he just look looks like, like this face has been stuck on as this pink yeah. uh, Look, I can't I have to bring up that this is quite like the specific design of the angry wizard in the Dizzy games. I was wondering if if there was any kind of Dizzy or Wiz and Liz influence. But not here, enough right? that I think that's what's Lizzie going on here. And he's he's holding a wand, but not the kind of wand we've seen previously no. in the issue. This he's is got a the fairy style a star. wand. He's got a fairy wand, yeah. exactly, yes. And he's holding... In his other hand. What is in his other hand? So, I, I suppose the easy answer is probably a spell book. But, yes, that is in fact exactly what it is. Yeah, You're but it's completely right. But it looks rubbish. It's that it's mounted on a red rectangle that makes it look like a VHS tape or a a high tech, you know, a Pokedex. I would say now. Yeah. But I don't know what you know equivalent. And the only reason why 
we're wondering if he's holding anything more high-tech than a spellbook, is that he's hmm. wearing a sort of rocket pack. Yep, with jets boosting out the bottom and two spare wands yes. out of each shoulder. Unless they're just like wand-looking antennae sticking out. And then yeah, he's yeah. also got a toolkit. Strapped around the jetpack. Not around his own waist, no. but at waist level. Well, it's not technically waist level, because his waist, the way this has been drawn, is <laughs> several well, feet he's below. Just a, he's just a trendy wizard who wears his trousers yes. quite low slung. And it's got a little pouch with a, at least a wrench poking out of it. Yeah, at the very least, a wrench. And I think and I think one of those American wrenches with the top being red and like a, you know what I mean? Like a red plant yep. bit. I don't know what's going on on the other side, but there's another thing sticking off on the other side as well. Absolutely bizarre. So what we've got is an evil wizard who might be a robot has got a rocket pack and a toolkit, none of which has anything to do with Sonic the Hedgehog or Sonic the Comic. At Maybe all. there is a video game connection that we're just not seeing. Not that I'm seeing, and it's not a video game that was in STC. No, but that's... I, games don't have to be in STC for kids to send... Well, Agreed. obviously. Obviously, certain things don't have to have anything to do with STC for kids to send in pictures anything of Anything to do but. with anything, no. So that's... I mean, well done, Thomas Waterford. Like, it's a rad drawing. Don't get yeah, me wrong. But... but. <laughs> Is there anything more relevant in our mailbag? Actually, this issue, yes, there is. Yeah, we've got a, a letter that um, I haven't been able to place in the series up till now because it's about something we talked about ages ago. But oh to, dear, when's it from? Well, quite. It's from. Uh, oh, it's from June. So not that. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, not not too bad. But um, it's about road rash, and it's about that road rash advert. And uh, we've oh, you know the one. <laughs> We've brought that up today, so uh, yeah, so now it's finally time to read the email. This is from uh, Charlotte Wiseman, who you may recognise from Twitter as Chip Wiseman, who says, Dear STCTP, I want to start off by thanking you for bringing new attention to Sonic the Comic and keeping its memory alive. Way Exactly. As a British fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, I feel it is my duty to read STC, but alas, being born in the year 1997... Could have been Ooh. worse. Could have been worse. I was, I was expecting. I was expecting 2005 or something. Previous century. It's all still good. <laughs> Means it had already ended before I became acquainted with the Blue Blur. Reading along with your podcast is a blast. Oh, this is your first time reading it. Brilliant. Although I'm only about halfway caught up at issue 24, and therein lies the coincidence I alluded to in the subject line of this letter, which reads a preposterously pointless coincidence. In the STCTP episode covering issue 24. You made mention of an ad on the back cover for Road Rash, in which two fists, emblazoned with the game's title, emerge from an inky black void. It was only a couple of days later when, as part of my training for a job in education, I came across a strikingly similar image, attached, in a page about child safeguarding. It even similarly has words penned in biro across the fingers. Knuckle tattoos. Though this one does lack the length of chain clenched between the fists, which could be photoshopped in or out. Seeing as all of the online scans of STC cuts out the ads, I can't confirm for myself without tracking down a physical copy. Might it be that both the advertising agency behind Road Rash and my local education board used the same stock image? Regardless, I do wish the scans preserved those ads as they are as much a part of history as the comic strips yes. and articles. Quitey righty. Anyway, I won't keep you any longer. Thanks again, Dave and Chris and Abby and whomever else has joined the crew by the far-off future of issue 50-something. 
Best regards, Charlotte Wiseman. And yes, she has uh, uh, included the picture. I'll send it to you if I flip in can. It's kind of difficult. Okay, so here's the image. No, completely different. Different? Yeah. Well, there you go. Thanks for trying anyway, Chip. <laughs> it was worth drawing our attention to, but no, that is a different drawing of two fists with words. So I guess that's a common advertising trope, it turns out. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. But nevertheless, thanks for your message, because it's always nice to know that the young ones are, are tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> and reading along, and, and if that's like, and they've genuinely like chosen to read along as part of the experience of this podcast, and mm. you're being introduced to and it's good to know that uh, we're helping STC find a new one, and keeping its memory alive, as he says. <laughs> for tis our duty, for who, if not us? Probably just all those other people who are actually out making official continuations of the comic and stuff like that but you know <laughs> yeah, yeah short and sweet here from robert who says hello dave and chris love the podcast i am a young fan and an artist i assume they mean an american rather than someone who favors uh, archie otherwise you would simply have to be ejected from the room <laughs> currently on episode 53 loving it but yes i am a young fan and have only played sonic 1 2 and cd's mobile remakes as well as forces Ooh. so i shouldn't count but I do. No, you absolutely do. Oh, you absolutely can't. Especially, no there at all. especially that those are the only ones you've played. If it had been, you know, you'd only played like, you know, you'd only played Forces, then we'd have words. But one <laughs> and two and CD, you're grand. Go and play Sonic 3 and Knuckles when it comes out on that new collection that's about mm. to come out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I do hope you use this from Robert. We did. This is interesting. It's adjacent, but it's interesting anyway from a Sega history point of view. Andrew Duncan, Dreamcast owner, has written in to say, Hey guys, just thought I'd share this bit of information. There was a Comic Zone comic. Because remember when we were talking about Comic Zone? And I was like, oh, they should have done that. But it was in the Mega Drive manual. Oh, no. I have attached it to this email. It's only six pages to sate your curiosity. Obviously, not. we're not going to sit here and read it now. But there you go, Chris. I've sent it to you if you want to pop it open later. That is interesting. Thanks for telling us, Andrew. Can't imagine that's any good. No, <laughs> neither can I. I'll just pop it. I'll I'll pop it open. Oh, sad to say, what we have here is an actual couple of pages mm. of the comic Sketch Turner himself draws. Really? So this doesn't actually reflect the meta concept of a man in a comic aware he is in a comic. What we have here is a six-page story about the sexy babe <laughs> who is the hero of the comic he draws finding that Mortis, the baddie, has on the final page torn a hole in the comic and escaped to the real world. So that is fascinating. I am that's actually, a real cool bonus feature, actually. I think I like that's that. wicked. I'm so happy that they included that. Even if, no, it doesn't have the swinging between panels stuff that I would have liked to see out of a, a comic zone mm. comic. The fact that the comic is about a man who's drawn a comic and they've included that comic? Yes, thank you. High, high points. It actually comes before the contents page. So it's like, huh. you open it and then you read this. and yeah. Because, and I hasten to add this, this uh-huh. is something we've never brought up in the whole history of uh-huh. doing this. There used to be these things called instruction books <laughs> that you got with games. Yes. Which you actually had to read mm. in order to fully understand and play the game because there weren't tutorials and there wasn't story with dialogue. There were no cutscenes in Sonic. You had to so read the So what thing. happened was, before the game went in... Mm-hmm. We read the manual. Mm. 
Yep. So what happens here is you read the manual and you get a sampling of this story and then it ends essentially on this cliffhanger yeah. of the, the video game baddie escaping, which is what then happens in the opening, I'll call it cinematic animation title sequence of the game itself. Mm. That actually is like that's that is that is meta that is cross media and it opens with this i like that it opens with this artist's profile where he's it's not just like oh my name is sketch turner my occupation is this it has stuff like this best and worst part of doing comic zone hearing from all the fans who dig the book is definitely the best part so it's like they really treated this as if this is a comic that's cool and i love it yeah i don't know who drew it Really? Yeah, there's no credit for it. No. It doesn't look like anybody I recognize off. And it, it would kill the illusion, the story that this is that, that it's by being Ske- written by yeah, Sketch Turner, yeah. The worst part, I guess, is that sometimes I get this scary feeling that if there, that there's more to Comic Zone than it seems, as if it all really was happening, like in another dimension or something. It really freaks me out. Mm. Uh, the old Gardner Fox approach to comic book storytelling. This is a Genesis manual specifically, so this will be American created. So this is the problem. It's th- they won't have been able to even reproduce this in the yeah, British in the version Drive manual yeah. because we had. Um, for, landscape format books. landscape format and the reason for that was that it was the information was divided into columns to be printed in different eu languages so mm-hmm. there wouldn't have been i suppose i mean they could have just turned the thing sideways and printed it that way but it would have been a bit awkward and it would all of it listen i understand the need for it right mm-hmm. but multilingual packaging mm-hmm. took away so much about yeah. what was good of the toy and ge- yeah. and goods packaging of our childhoods yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You really can't is. have proper packing comics anymore. You can't have character profile details, character profiles written on the back of the boxes anymore. Yeah. I'm not trying to be an old man about it. No, I know, but, but it- some things genuinely were better back then. <laughs> what a slice of fried gold <laughs> this issue was. Yeah. I mean, last issue was great. That I mean, wow! <laughs> Brutus, short fuse, techno, knuckles, tails, trog, metamorphia, echo. Uh, I, I, I haven't the words. I feel more excited <laughs> to read each new issue right now than even I think maybe I was during the Sonic and Knuckles. Oh, brilliant! But do you know what? Do you oh. know what we've got here now? That is just before we get to what comes next issue. Okay. Now you know what's on the side of every next issue page that we breeze past every issue. The data strip. Correct. What has? Boomer Dean, who previously owned this large collection of uh, STCs before they fell into my hands, done here. Has he filled out the data strip? Dean has filled out, but not cut off and sent in a data strip. Oh. So I now have Dean's opinion of this issue here in front of me. The very first time we've ever been able to see what an actual child of the day's opinions actually were. Wait, is it? feel like maybe we had one other. Uh, not that I can recall. Nope. I guess I'm just thinking of when we talked to people about what they would have put. So Dean, remember this This does not have any name age info in it anymore. No, no. So all we know is that this person has been reading STC since issue 53. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's, that's a funny one to start on, isn't it? That's the mm-hmm. last part of Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, yeah. His favourite film or video is The Lion King. Cool. Uh, yep, good, good choice. And by the way, just recently out on video, The Lion King. So that's very much at the top of your Fresh f- forefront of your brain. Favorite band slash singer, mm. taking this suggestion literally by offering up a band and then and slash sing- a right. singer. Cool. The Eurythmics right. and Elton John. Right. Yeah. Unusual choices for a child of that age, I would have thought. Yes. 
His Sega system is a Mega Drive. He would like to see, and I love this, he's just written in huge letters across all three available lines, <laughs> Lemmings! <gasps> as a comic yes. strip in STC. Yes, he wants to read Max Overload, but yeah, imagine an ongoing Lemming. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> this issue's Mega Hits. See if we can guess. Yeah, okay, one, two, and three. What is his number one choice for this issue? What's the best thing this issue had to offer? Sonic. Cybernix Strikes Back. Oh, cool. Number All right. one choice, He's Cybernix straight, Strikes straight Back. Straight on board with the techno then, Dean. Second choice. Okay. That's where I would have put the Cybernix. So, Sonic. Yes. Okay. Project Brutus is his number two pick. All right. His third choice. Okay. What do you think is the best, the third best thing in this whole issue? So, we are between now Echo and Knuckles and Tails, aren't we? Are we? <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to press on as if we... we he hasn't put the pin-up, has he? The Bat-Brain pin-up. This is number three pick for the best what? thing in this whole issue. Loved it so much, <laughs> he didn't even take it out of the comic. <laughs> really, he didn't have any time for Echo the Dolphin or Knuckles and Tails, I guess. Wow, they don't even make the list. A, draw, mm. a dodgy drawing. No, no, the drawing's fine, but it's parts of it, the way that it's presented. Well, we know why he didn't take it out, because it's got Echo on the back. You can't well, take I it. guess. But he didn't rate Echo, so who knows? Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> seem to have been interested. Well. Regardless, his overall rating for this issue was a stonking 98%. Sure, agreed. So, Mega Coolsville. Yeah. Or whatever. Is that where you live in? in if you're, if you're, oh, there's no review zone to check. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> that just goes to show you that everything, right down to the simplest fodder for a pinup, is for someone. There are kids out there going, yes, I want a drop shadow drawing of a badnik in front of a moon with a dodgy Batman logo stuck on top. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing if Dean has filled out but not cut off and sent in any more data strips in future oh, yeah, Keeping us <laughs> regularly appraised of his updates. On the ground, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next issue, Choppers at the Ready. Mm. We've got a free mini pack of Root pastels. There they are right now. I don't know if I can be bothered uh, buying myself a pack of pastels, but maybe. Because the problem is we can't get these ones. It's a mini pack. A mini pack of fruit pastels. Yeah, but it's not... Please note, free gift pack differs in size to illustrations shown. Oh, they do say that. Right, yeah, because they have very much shown us a picture of a normal pack of fruit pastels. A normal, full-size normal pack sandwiched between two... um, Clip art uh, rows of teeth yes. chomping down on it, but it's only a mini pack and we'll be getting. Next yes, issue. just checking. It is the one row of teeth turned upside down. Yes, I noticed that. But as you say, Dave, mm. we cannot get this kind of pastel no. anymore. For before we consult what is in the rest of next issue, mm. if we flip over to the back page, yes. Just some adverts. Just some adverts. For an advert, a full page advert here and a a very attractive one a one that really draws the eye and makes me want the product it is about for the lemon and lime sweets in fruit pastels are now more zingy yeah you know hang on no 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 you say we can't get these anymore but that would imply that at some point they chose to de-zingify them oh you think that this is simply the new recipe just became the new standard Oh, maybe. There's a question for you. I don't know. Oh, that's possible. That's a question literally no human on this earth except the people who worked at Round Trees could answer because I won't trust the memories of any child who claims one way or the other. No, no, including (laughs) including my own. Including my own, yeah. I wonder if this 
Because the thing is, lemon and lime pastels are not particularly zingy. No, but how bland were they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And what do we mean by z- There's no information. We, it doesn't tell you what it means. It hasn't got popping candy in. It isn't, yeah, yeah. It's not that they've been covered with a fizzy coating or anything. It could, they're just yeah, the same. They're, it they're could just be. a bit. I suspect it could actually be that. I bet what it is is that they used the Tangfastix sugar on those nah, two flavors. Nah, I reject it. I reject it out of hand because if that had been happening... I'd have been living off these. <laughs> well, yeah, but what if you just if didn't that think happened, that was that what it was? Headline f- news in my world. If they had made fruit pastels fizzy, are you kidding me? But what no, if you just, just never found out? Well, not fizzy though. Not fizzy though. Like sour. Like not sour either. But do you know what I mean? That that no, uh, tangy. You know? But no. And the thing is, I call that fizzy. Okay. And I would have called it fizzy then. <laughs> okay. And and that's how I know it wasn't that. There's no way it was that. They just got a bit more zip in them. I think. Yeah. Okay. But let's describe this ad. Yeah, it's lovely. So what it is, is it's just a yellow pastel and a green... Drawn, this is a this is an illustration, a cartoon drawing. A yellow pastel and a green pastel with cheeky little grins on their faces. Making the DreamWorks face. And the reason they're doing those cheeky grins is because they are bums about they're to zingy. go off. They've got actual wicks coming out of the top of them and they're gonna go off. And behind them is this zing explosion of yellow light <laughs> on a green background because they're lemon and lime, and a, a drawing of a drawing, not a, not a photo, a drawing, a mm. reproduction of the lovely '90s rapper with all them fruits in the background, mm. round trees. Fruit what is it? We had this debate before. Mm. Whenever we came we came to pastels before, mm. you can still get tubes of pastels, right? Yeah. Just we we had bags that day we were eating pastels. That on time we had bags, but I'm sure. But what does a fruit pastels wrapper look like now? Because it, it, now that you've just, it's only because you've just now said it's the '90s yeah. wrapper, and I'm like, oh, is it different? Because in my head, it, mm. that's what a fruit pastels tube looks like. Yeah, no, it's different. I can send you a link for it now. Uh, it purports to still be in production, and here's what it looks like. Where do you buy a single package sweets anymore today? News agents, maybe. Maybe. It's no great change. Like, it's very similar. It's just got that we made this on a computer look to it rather than that we made it on a uh, an art desk with a oh, set square. Oh, but it's look. so much worse, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, there's too much negative space. Mm. That's that's the, yeah, that's my graphic design criticism. Too much negative space in Fruit Pastel's packaging today. Not like in my day. <laughs> too many languages fitted on there. Now that we've got our sovereignty back, we should only be putting English on our fruit <laughs> pastels wrappers. And all you have around the logo these days is some, you know, photographs of, or, or maybe CG approximations of photographs of fruit pastels. Whereas in these old days, you yeah, had all the fruits drawn fruit. in the background, yeah. like a lovely fruit cocktail type, you know, it gives you the impression of one of them ladies' hats covered in fruits, doesn't it? Maybe that was why they had to take it away, because it was... Looked like a hat. No, it was giving the delusion that there was real fruit involved, that there was health. Uh. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to be seeking out a, pack, a packet of pastels for next issue. Is Pastille Day 2. That's got to be the title of it ahead of time. Yeah, fair enough then. Perhaps I will. Well, this time then, the difference will be I will try and find, I'll try and source 
a tube. Just a just a tube, yeah. That that bag was heavy going. It was heavy going. It lasted me half the year. Oh well, I mean, I finished mine in the entire know, of the podcast. But I know it was a bad did. idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. There's a reason I'm nearly a stone heavier at the back end of this 18 month pandemic, you know, because <laughs> of all the pastels. Chris will always eat the entire, as you said at the time, the entirety of the set of sweets you have in your hand. So it's better to have that be I'm a smaller set. Not gonna not. It's yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so we'll try and find tubes, but that will be easier because we weren't going to shops back then. That's true. That's true. But I don't know where you would find a single pack of pastels, so now I'm going to have to actually put some research and effort into it. We'll have to go on the search. <laughs> I mean, you might just be able to get them from the normal supermarket, but I haven't been looking, so I don't know. I've been looking, don't know. It's news agents we need to hit up. And the news agent is also where you would go oh, if you wanted Chris. the next issue of STC oh, <laughs> to get your free pack of pastels, oh along God. with the new story, Knuckles. <gasps> The homecoming. Well, that sounds wicked, and oh, I'm picturing Knuckles a bit. Is going solo again, and I suddenly remembered what it is. I'm picturing a bit of Dobbin. Would I be right oh, there? The do- I think you're right. You know, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. I think this is the Dobbin. Looking forward to that. Sonic Project Brutus. Echo Homeward Bound. Sonic's World. Cybernix Strikes Back. They're just shouting the titles of the Sonic strip at us again. Yeah. So- Project Brutus. Cybernix Strikes Back. Give me more. Give me oh, more. Give I me th- something to work I with. thought you were telling me off for shouting the titles. No, no, I'm telling, <laughs> they're telling the comic off. <laughs> and a, mm, here it is, a mm. Coconut's Badnik pin-up from oh, Paradise. Paradise, because it's a coconut, like Paradise. Oh, like, like and, on an island. Uh, this is how malleable I am. I am literally... When we finish this, I'm off to buy a bounty. Literally, just because they said pit coconuts because they said the word paradise. coconut. The taste of paradise. And while I'm there, I'll see if they've got pastels. I won't buy Good one idea. because it won't be time. But I'll see if they've. Well, got I don't know. Your pastel consumption is such that if you bought them now, there's a very good chance you just wouldn't eat them until oh. they were needed in two weeks' time. There's a hundred percent chance I wouldn't eat them. The question is, would they still be fresh? They're, they are liquid sugar. <laughs> don't go bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jelly bellies do. They go stiff. Yeah, well, STC 65, one pound. What the hell is that delivery? Let me take that again. <laughs> <laughs> STC 65, 1.20 on sale Saturday, the 11th of November. The 11th of November. It's oh, all creeping in now. God. November 1995. Oh, that, oh my God, was a reaction to both 1995 and 2021. <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, we're recording in September, remember. Yeah, still. But still. Still. Just the awareness. <laughs> so get your pastels at the ready and join us for next issue, which you'll be able to find most places good podcasts are available, as well as download directly from our website at stctp.wigglehe.com. You can follow the podcast over on Twitter. It's at Sonic Podcast. Easy to remember. And that's where we post, you know, related pictures and so on that we think you ought to see based on the episode. But you can follow us separately. I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely and both on YouTube under those names as well. Yeah. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash stctp, where a donation of any amount will grant you access to our bonus content, where we look at the Martin Adams novels from Virgin Books. We have just finished up at the time you listen to this, uh, The Fourth Dimension, Mm -hmm. as well as Dave's puzzling at this point mm. now uh, uh, a teenage fan fiction yes. which has gone to a whole different place yes d- dimensions of narrative are folding in on one another and it's it's all very odd dimensions of of narrative the walls of your own arsehole that you find <laughs> up inside you know whichever yes. choose your metaphor as necessary 
And the profits from Patreon go to pay our editor, Sam Gabriel, whose work you can find at samgabrielvo.com. Our opening theme at the start of the episode was called Synchronize, and that is by Sonic the Comic, the band. They are, in fact, a band. They are, in fact, called that, and you can find them and it at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. That's who they are. But we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, and we will see you next time.